Slides. Yep. How's it going? About a year. Good, yep. Man. I think You're a little bit over. Flying your camo, man. I enjoy it. It looks good. Thanks. Um, yeah, I think it's appropriate. We're going to be talking about a very serious subject. Um, hopefully, steered towards uh, you know potential future civil wars, the balkanization of the USA. And um, the inevitability of the rise of, like, the Soviet Union again and things like that, or at least in spirit, uh, plus all the Middle East stuff. So, so yeah, definitely. Dude, absolutely. That sounds like a lot of fun. Man, I got somebody. I'm so sorry that we started late. Um, it, was, uh, <laughs> it was crazy. Because um, I, I have someone in the comments saying, like, is this still happening? <laughs> like, I was looking forward to this one. Oh, man, I'm so bummed about that. Uh, I think my co-host should be here in just a couple minutes. Um, and so if you want to get started, let's record. Let's uh, let's give this uh, to the people the way they want it. And, um, and then uh, my co-host will jump in when he jumps in. Does that sound good? Yeah, I'm in no rush. But yeah, we can we can start immediately if you want. Uh, it's a lot of ground to cover. I know we can fill two hours very fast. Um, yeah. You know, I always do it solo on my podcast, and my episodes are always like two hours long, and and just covering small parts of these, like you know. And so it'll be fun just to kind of cover as much ground and see how much we can cover, in like that short okay. time. Um, if but you're yeah, not in a hurry. I would like to take a quick pee. Oh sure. <laughs> Right no there. problemo. Exactly. I am in no rush, man. Like, you just take your time. Okay. I'll be right back, brother. No problem. Calls, I, I, I'm totally casual with the conversations and everything like that, uh, so I, I don't really, you know, it's not like fucking, you know, a big deal. It's not like it's not a big deal at all. I appreciate it, dude. Yeah, I had yeah. to be, I grabbed, um, we had Spam Musabi for dinner, and so I had to, like, shove one down my face really fast. Um, <laughs> oh, no, no. Some, a little bit of something for the tummy. Um, and I am good to go, sir. Yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely. I totally understand. It's like eight o'clock, you know. It's it's in the evening, and and we're we're both adults. It's like you know that's when nature starts taking over. It's like, you know, I totally understand. All right, my friend, let's do this. You ready to go live? Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, whenever you are. Okay. Let's do. So you've decided to listen to the Reality Stars podcast. How brave of you. Nate and Paranoid American may think that they're merely discussing cryptozoology, interdimensional realities, and crude humor. But know this, listening to this podcast puts you on a certain list, the Clinton body count, if you will. The truths they reveal are not for the faint of heart, nor the blissfully ignorant. Listen, if you dare, but remember, some doors, once opened, cannot be closed. And now... Your hosts, those audacious explorers of forbidden knowledge, the reality czars, Nate and Paranoid American. And we're live. Welcome, everybody. This is the Reality Czars Podcast, 
and I think I'm going to be your only host tonight, Nate. Uh, Tom is just texting me, and he's very tired. It's starting to get a little late at night, uh, unfortunately. Um, so I, he might pop in, he might not. But you're talking to the beyond top secret Texan. Brother, thank you so much for joining us again. You've been on several times, but it's been a minute. Did we figure out it's been like a year? It's been over a year, yeah, uh, since the last one. Um, My God, man. And uh, this is the third time yeah, that the Paranoid American... Conversations, <clears throat> like, uh, yeah. Oh, this is the third time. I don't know if it's a lag or anything. I'll try not to move too much. Um, but yeah, this is the third time we've been we've been speaking to each other, I believe, and it's uh, or the or this is the fourth time. But each time, uh, it's just been solo. Even though you have a co-host, I've never ever had a chance to speak to him or at least have him on the show. And I I said that remember in the message before we were we were going on, I was all like, yeah, you have a co-host, but every time we talk to Jetsa, it's just been you and me. And and it's like that again tonight, and it's just like, you know, and like I said, it's the evening. I totally understand. It's it's like we're all adults. This is the time when nature starts taking over, and it, it's like hard to, it's hard to fight. You know, it's like you can't stay up very late. You can't party very hard anymore. Hey Tex, I think we're having some. Uh, I think we're having some technical difficulties, friend. Um, Okay, how about now? Your screen is completely frozen, and you were sounding pretty robotic. I'm going to... Okay, hold on. If you can, I'm going to kick you out of here and join back in if possible. Okay, okay. I just switched over. Yeah, I just switched over from wireless to 5G. So let's see if that helps out. Okay. Hey, Tex, are you there, buddy? Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, the screen just refreshed. Yes. Let me go okay, ahead. Okay, wow, okay, that's much better. I'm so sorry, dude. I missed, no, it happens. Uh, the majority of what you said. <laughs> a lot of that was uh, oh. very robotic. Okay, yeah, yeah, sorry about that. Um, I just transferred uh, reception to a different network, and so, yeah, hopefully this is improved. Um, You're uh, coming in completely crystal clear now. Okay, yeah, Completely remember, crystal. there's a lot of electronic interference with all my interviews, especially lately. The more I strike a nerve and uh, hit closer to the bone when it comes to this uh, podcast of mine and the efforts, there's more electronic harassment, so I'm sorry and I apologize ahead of time. Hopefully this works out. No worries, um, brother. No, I said, yeah. The... We were just talking to, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the gentleman, his name is Ole Damagard. Uh, one of the OGs in this in this uh, community, and as we're talking, I know Ola Demogard is probably one of the most uh, censored people on the internet. Um, and as he's like, as we're closing, and as we're talking, and, and he's going to say this prayer, he always closes in every interview with this like prayer uh, of like love and light to the universe. Like a helicopter is flying over my house, and it's just making circles over my house and I have to just keep constantly mm-hmm. I have to keep my mute my mic muted and I'm just like man this is just absolutely ridiculous you know and it's just yeah you know you start to strike a nerve I know? absolutely yeah. understand and uh and and the aviation uh, thing that happens in my house is planes from the naval station will fly directly over my house um 
And what's kind of funny about this is not only will they fly like various platforms, big planes will fly like just about a hundred feet over my house is that, um, they'll do it, you know, almost 24 hours a day. Like there is no, there's no rationale or justification. It's, it's 100%. They're just buzzing me. And it sounds like World War II sometimes. This is like 1940s prop type planes just flying over my house. And I've recorded it. I have, I have it on video where it's literally like if you just step out in your backyard, look up, and there's just these massive planes that's like flying directly over your house. And you don't live like anywhere close to an airport necessarily. It's just like they're, they're literally coming as low as possible and flying to make as much noise and to kind of just like show that they know where you live and, uh, you know, are taking the time to harass, you know, like, and I've had people parked outside my house for years, you know, and this is, this is nothing new. This is a journey that's taken, uh, over 10 years at this point. Uh, I remember when I was in the military too, so I know full on, like they, they did everything from like reading my mail to, um, listening into my phone calls. I used to live off base. I lived on base, uh, for the various bases I was on for two full years and then lived off base. And they were doing things like sending people to my house and things like that. Just to like, you know, back then. And, and just to keep tabs on people, they knew everything. They knew who I talked to, where I went. They followed my car. Uh, you know, I've had tails on me and everything and, and I absolutely knew electronically I'm being surveilled too. Every device is probably pwned as fuck when it comes to hacking software, keystroke software and everything. I'm pretty sure. And I know for a fact that what they've also already done is try to blackmail me twice, uh, with like sexually, um, like history and stuff like that. And, and basically attacking by going through my gallery and talking to all my contacts and stuff like that. And, you know, this is all stuff that happened when I was a single man and stuff like that. And this is like over the last year, last two or three years, since 2022, it really started. That was just, they started just hammering me and everything, but I've been able to walk through it and just walk it off because it's one of those things where I already know it's going to happen. I, I'm pretty sure at one point they'll even kill me. Um, it's, and at that point, I don't live uh, to be intimidated or ashamed. There's nothing I do that is... Just, I, I wouldn't... The rule of thumb is in the intelligence community is if you're not willing to get blackmailed, never do anything that you're not willing everyone to know. You know, basically, don't have any secrets. Don't, don't, like, even as innocent of the secret as it is, it's not, it's not worth having. The idea of compromise and blackmail is 100% real. And if you are going to be, because because everyone is is as fair game in the intelligence world as it is now, if you're going to be attacked, try to get the honeypot angle. Try to get the the you know the the um, the bribe and and all that kind of stuff because that's it's and you can see who's taken that and who's done like you know who's accepted the easy way out of it versus you know who's been absolutely ground and down and destroyed and eventually assassinated. And like for me, I've lost the YouTube channel with over 600 videos. I'm completely shadow banned, lost Instagram at over 3000 followers, TikTok. Um, I have accounts on TikTok that are still there. I can't access TikTok anymore and the app on any of my devices. They know my IP address and they just don't let me. Um, I'm completely back, basically blocked from TikTok uh, that are currently having a billion views to them. There are videos I posted back then that now currently have a billion plus views, UFO evidence, etc., and, and you know politics, memes, 
um, completely banned on Facebook, completely banned, uh, you know, a shadow banned on Twitter, even though I almost have 10,000 followers on Twitter, uh, X or whatever they want to call it now. And it's 100% because I don't censor myself. I tell it like it is. And, um, you know, resoundingly with a lot of accuracy, resoundingly with a lot of uh, vindication and with a lot of confidence because I don't follow the trends. I don't follow anyone else's opinion. I'm completely self-educated, but I use my own experience. So I know from living it what's up and, and having seen it and whether you want to believe me or not, it's the writings on the wall. I've been calling this shit about, you know, the, the Middle East and about Russia and the Ukraine after having my own experience and everything with it since 2010, you know, and that's when I got into it and it was even 10 years old. Then I'm not saying I'm, I'm this like, you know, uh, salty as fuck guy who's been like, I know he's like, I'm only 36 right now. So, my history with it comes from basically being born in America, knowing about the news, always seeing it happen, and then eventually, and, and this is, remember, this is not nothing to do with metaphysics or anything, but going through the military lifestyle. Um, I went to Texas A&M University, which has the Corps of Cadets. Uh, it's, it's absolutely uh, the Cold War reliquary of, you know, being born in the Cold War and then surviving through the 90s and then... Uh, basically being MK altered and psychologically geared to attacking uh, Islam and Islamic fighters and seeing them as the enemy, right? Which now I absolutely know is, is completely um, agenda-driven and, and, and Zionist-occupied-driven, et cetera, and it's like... Hey, dude, I mean, I think it goes back even further than that. I mean, because there's evidence to show that, like, the Catholic Church, like the Pope, basically invented Islam as yeah. this existential threat, this ex- existential, like, enemy to, like, keep, uh, like, the Holy Land and yeah. this whole fight between, like, Christians and the, and the Jews and all this, like, it, it's, it goes, yeah, it goes so far back. We'll it's, see. It's uh, absolutely wild. Man. We'll see the history, and it's not even like I want to get too, too much into the history of that, but, like, the history of, or the nature of Islam is completely lied about and exploited and, like, uh, like the, what we know in the West and what they've told us specifically in America is completely inaccurate. They hold Jesus Christ, they call him Isa, and it's Isa ibn Maryam, and they hold him as the Messiah. They hold him as literally the Son of God who resurrected completely, 100%, and they hold, they hold also sacred the books of Moses, and they actually do uh, peacefully coexist with rabbinical and Torah Judaism, right? Torah-based Judaism. It's when the Babylonian Talmud, the Khazarian Mafia, and these uh, synagogue of Satan type Pharisees, and this is this is way back. This is the Babylonian days when Daniel, Book of Daniel, and stuff like that, when they basically hijacked the Ari- the the Aryan Israeli uh, understanding of these terms, and they rewrote the Old Testament, and they included a lot of like the Brother. tribe. We should do an episode exclusively on this in the future. I yeah, know we I mean, have another agenda we want to get to, but man, this yeah. is like the most fascinating stuff. It, exactly. And so like Islam, when it comes to it, is not like its own religion. It's not its own thing. It is Christianity. It is Middle Eastern uh, Orientalism and Christianity. And uh, like uh, both Christians in Rome and uh, Muslims in the Middle East went through iconoclasm, which is the destruction of old pagan idols. They were both 
like geared towards the same conversions. So basically, you're right. Islam is Catholicism in the Middle East and in North Africa by the locals there. And Muhammad was a red-haired Aryan Irishman who was married to a red-haired Italian or French uh, Catholic. And no, 100%. And so the idea that over time it evolves now. So when we see it, Christians are like, oh, no, you're an, you're, you worship the Antichrist. You're the devil. Or basically, you worship Satan. Uh, you're Islamic. That's not Christianity. That To the, get to that outcome is 100 years of Zionist propaganda and the creation of the Christian what they call uh, or dominionism, yeah, dominionism, which is basically Christian supremacy, but it's like Zionist uh, I, Christian identityism. It's like you have Texans, for example, who are Baptist, Southern Baptist, Christian Protestants who wave Israeli flags and believe that Israel should kill everybody in Palestine. And it's like for because it's the holy land they belong to. It's a death cult, man. But it's but, an absolute death cult. but the Christians, yeah. But but the Jew, the Christians think that Israel is the ally of Christianity and Israel, uh, you know, and Judaism. This 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 form of Judaism that they, that created Israel, Zionism, is one hundred percent supremacist, racist state. And they believe Christians should be killed. They believe that Christ didn't wasn't the Messiah. If you read the Talmud, Christ was this uh, wizard who's now burning in hell in his own excrement. And that, that's like the, the Babylonian Talmud, the Khazarians who created Israel, like say Netanyahu, people who profess that, they all actively hate Jesus Christ and Christians. Yeah, and if you look at videos, like in Israel, they spit on the cross. They, they do things like attack Christian nuns and stuff like that. And you're like... Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can see videos. Like, I saw one just the other night. It was like these, like, Asian, I think they were, like, from Indonesia, uh, uh, Christians that were, yeah. like, on a pilgrimage, like, on a pilgrimage um, mm-hmm. type of journey uh, to the Holy Land, and they're carrying a cross, and you see these uh, these Jews with the little curls down mm-hmm. the thing down there, and they just start spitting on them. Yep. They just start spitting on these Christians. And at the and, same and time. Things out of their mouth, like spitting on Christians, is a Jewish tradition, yep. you know, and things like that. And so, like, what what people also don't realize is that uh, majority of so-called rabbis today in Judaism are basically, I mean, I mean, I, I wouldn't even say they're they're intellectually at least the descendants of Pharisees, because I wouldn't even say yep. uh, genetically they are. <laughs> oh no! You you can get into it, and yeah, don't even be afraid. Yeah, don't even be afraid, and we shouldn't even censor ourselves. This this ample yeah. evidence. It's not controversial. This is the truth. It's publicized in their own publications. It's um, I went undercover, and I I that's because I that's how I roll. I learn as much as I can. Know your enemy. And I, it's it's not that the, they're the enemy because of who they are, but it's true in 100%, like if you read John 8, 4, 4 in and, and the KGV, you know, a book, a New Testament, Jews are the children of Satan. And you're wondering why that exists. It's because this has always been this, this issue in the city of Jerusalem, which is very important for a lot of real reasons, enough for God to send his own son there and say, like, you know, this whole thing, but... The fact that that that's an issue, but they have the Christians hating the Muslims for no reason, but this imaginary uh, threat 
which is that they will kill Christians and they hate Christians and they hate Jesus and that they hate, they cannot coexist Christians, right? Like you, you should, you should live with the Jews in Israel and not all Jews. Like I said, the Talmudic Jews, the uh, rabbinical Jews, the uh, Hasidic Jews. If you watch videos too, you can just go on uh, BitChute or Rumble or, um, and, and watch these videos on any uncensored news outlet of Israeli police getting into disputes, abusing, uh, assaulting uh, Orthodox Jews in Israel, that they were considered uh, a minority who was against the COVID vaccinations, they were against the LGBT reformations, and that what you're seeing is a very complex issue, like you said, the Pharisees. Which says, if you read the New Testament, is exactly the confusing backstory you get where there is this ruling party of King Herod who are Edomites and they are not true Jerusalem natives or Israelis or even tribes of, of Judah or any Judeans. They are a foreign, uh, literally a foreign uh, colonizer. Right? The people who came and started living there, as they said, it was their own. And they burned the scrolls of lineage and they tried to change and reform the old ways. And they basically were only in name only, right? Like that they were this ruling family. And that was the whole idea of uh, kicking, uh, tipping over the tables in the, in the third, second, uh, the second temple. And what they're trying to do is build the third temple. The whole thing is to try to create the third temple in the name of this false Mashiach, which is a secular Mashiach. The Catholic Church is guilty of subscribing to this, as well as the Saudi Arabians. Although the new king of Saudi Arabia, the new the new prince that's the king of Saudi Arabia, is pretty based, and he's like trying to get away from it. But the wheels are already kind of geared towards it. Like they're trying to build it in Yemen. Uh, because they, because the discoveries of say Ryan, uh, Ron Wyatt, uh, Ron Wyatt positions a lot of the Book of Exodus to have occurred uh, more in Saudi Arabia and Yemen, rather than the the crescent of the Mediterranean. So they kind of just did like a big circle around the Red Sea, um, but they, they found like you know a lot of the 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 the, the rock of Aaron when Aaron cut the rock in half and like a lot of these these monuments down there. Um, but like they want to build the third temple to this new location, which is why they caused the war in Yemen and were very, very, uh, committed, even though they lost, eventually they were completely defeated by the Houthi rebels in destroying, literally committing this genocide against the Houthi rebels because of the location's importance towards this plan of creating this new third temple. What's happening now is the battle of Armageddon. I need to reread that book. Um, um, David Icke came out with a book. I want to say it was like maybe two years ago, but he talked about like um, how the Zionists and the Wahhabis, like the Wahhab, uh, that type of yes. uh, of Islam, were like working hand in hand yes. to do all of this crazy shit, and this is all just just an elaborate plan. Um, and maybe I'm, maybe I'll talk to because we have uh, we have David coming back on in I think in November, um, and so maybe I, maybe I'll discuss that a little bit more with him. No, that was very fascinating that you actually had David Ike on the show as your first guest. That was also really cool. Um, 
Yeah, you know I'm saying like that. That's just really fucking awesome that you can have his ear, that you can talk to him and stuff. You know, he's he's actually right on the money in a lot of things. And you know, for what it's worth, you're 100 percent correct in in repeating that the Wahhabis and ISIS, the Wahhabis fate it is completely artificial. It was 100 percent facilitated by the SAS and the CIA, the MI6, um, as well as Mossad and an Israeli in- Israeli secret intelligence service, otherwise known as ISIS. And ISIS uh, is actually a common, uh, such a common name in the intelligence community that it's the f- secret agency that Archer belongs to in popular culture. He, Archer was the agent of ISIS. It's one of those things that is just so cliche. It's an acronym, and it, it's just always used in these espionage intelligence services. And uh, I can get into it in and much ISIS more. ISIS also the, uh, the name of like a mother of heaven. Yeah, and also like interchangeable with Mary. Yeah, you know, in some places. Yeah, a lot of it is because they have to reveal themselves in the symbolism. They have to basically make it so obvious. And this was the Egyptian Ptolemaic, but then that's what the Israel uh, Zionists actually believe in. They're the people who worship Moloch. They're the people who worship Baal. And remember, I, Israel is Isis, Ra, and El. Israel, which is because they're Pharisees, they're from, they're from Moses, who's Egyptian in education, and even though, and even then, they are not the the Canaanites who existed there were serpent worshippers, and those are the and, people and that the Judeans like in their book it means to struggle against God, struggle against God. Yeah, well, even then, like if yeah. you look at the Old Testament, they don't even that's that's the whole history of the Old Testament is their apostate and rebellious nature, which leads them into uh, punishments and disasters, based on their own uh, like intentional rebellion against the laws of Moses, and which were handed directly to man from God in Mount Sinai, and so like Jesus even says. You hold the the books of Moses sacred, but you don't even you don't even respect the books of Moses. Like, how can you like you say like, oh well, it's not kosher to to eat you know without washing your hands, but you don't even respect the books of Moses. You pick and choose laws that make you seem holier than thou. But the whole idea of um, the Israel well, tribes to, like, are lost. Really shit on Christians right now, but I, I love this here too, where. Like, because, I, you know, they're right and wrong in so many different places, but, like, what you're talking about, picking and choosing and stuff, the way that they will, attra- they, mm. they will attack things like homosexuality, uh, like the modern evangelical church, but then at the same time, they're just like, well, if I want to get divorced, I'm, I'm going to get divorced, and, and uh, you know, or things like, well, they'll talk about, like, hey, you can't swear, you can't say curse words, but then at the same time, where do you see them on Sunday? They're, like, at a buffet. And they're like three hundred pounds, and they're not going to talk about gluttony. Mm. Gluttony means like it's just like oh. that old uh, don't like don't look at the speck in your neighbor's eye and, and remove uh, your own. Yeah, the, the moat in your own. Yeah. 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 And, and, and it's exactly that. Just the idea that uh, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, just what he says, is so watered down and written by Kabbalists and written by occultists itself that anyone like this is not even a. Um, uh, I'm saying like this is all I, I I believe in spiritually, and this is all it is. I'm just saying like this is what it says directly in when you talk about the nation of Pharisees. They're foreign occupiers. They're foreign occupiers, like the people of Israel are foreigners. They're mostly Europeans, mostly Ukrainians, mostly people of Eastern European descent who were either forced out due to the events of World War II 
which was the massive anti-Semitism that rose up in Europe because they were doing the same shit over there. They were causing a lot of social yeah, disintegration. They were causing the Wehrmacht Republic. Some shit for saying this, and uh, we are on YouTube right now, and I don't give a shit. Um, I, 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 I will. <laughs> we'll talk about like. Uh, they were kicked out of how many countries? hundred countries. Well, that could like be that. over history, and that's the thing. Like, I'm not. I'm not going back into the Crusades, but if you actually wanted to go back into the Crusades, this is where it all started. And like, uh, this has very little to do with what we wanted to talk about more. But yeah, I guess this is what we're talking about now. Is that the Khazarian Mafia is a lot of why this this bullshit exists? Is because the Khazarians were from the Canaanites, who eventually they were not the Phoenicians. They were not the Phoenicians or the Westerners or the Amaru or the people of Israel or the uh, the people who showed up with Moses from Egypt. They were a pre-existing native tribe known as the Phoenicians. They were known as uh, the the uh, the uh, Philistines or the Judeans, uh, specifically the Judeans. They were in Judea Valley. What why we get the name Jews? Because they were Judeans, and Judah was how they were shorthanded. They would just call themselves the Judean, and that's where like the Book of Esther is written. Because there was this. Okay, so the whole Old Testament. Remember, we didn't have anything that survives past what the modern people who control this Khazarian mafia have told us are the histories of their own people. But putting this together, we know that after the events of Daniel, at one point, Jerusalem was founded from Moses and that Exodus. But then Jerusalem fell. It was completely conquered after uh, Israel conquered Judea through intermarriage and through a lot of Game of Thrones type shit. Um, like a lot of like the King David, Saul drama. You know, there's a lot of like, oh, there's an evil, like cursed king and he's like jealous of the new lion. And a lot, like I said, like God of Game of Thrones type classic stuff of how to form kingdoms. And so it's a kingdom history. It has nothing really to do metaphysically. There's no, like, people think the Bible is about stories of God. It, it's a canonical history of a tribe. And after Jerusalem fell, they were all put into slavery in Babylon. So I was like, the whole, like, Old Testament in, like, five minutes. All of them put into slavery in Babylon, except for the Israelites that fled north, and they became the Europeans. They became the basically the Vikings, the Germanic tribes, the Goths. The, the Dan, the Dan, the tribe of Dan, um, you know, whole history of that. I'm not even getting over that. Everyone knows that yeah. by now. Everyone knows that, oh, Denmark, all that kind of stuff, like the Vikings, it's, it's too Viking, you know, and all these different peoples. But uh, from Israel, from that's where the Israelis, they all went, the red-haired Aryans from Ireland and stuff like that, you know, and stuff. Um, they all went north after the Babylonians, who were the Persians, who were this, this Indo-Aryan group um, themselves, invaded and took over uh, the, the country of Judea, the, the lower kingdom of Judea. And they destroyed Jerusalem. They took it over for themselves, uh, destroyed the first temple, right? Took the Ark of the Covenant, lost it, right? Basically, like, hit it. Um, that's the whole thing. That's the whole Ark of the Covenant saga. Uh, but then Daniel uh, survives long enough to see that the people are released. And after, like, 70 years, the people are released. But they didn't. They didn't like see they didn't they didn't really change their ways. They were more Babylonian at this time. They had fully assimilated into the Babylonian church. They were Chaldeans. They even say Daniel was raised basically by by wizards of the Babylonian court to be a wizard, to be a, a soothsayer and stuff. So even while he kept his faith, there were like four people who did. And those four people are mentioned by name. <laughs> say, like, there's only like 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 a handful of people who even like remembered what the old world was, like the old kingdoms and the old tribes. And they became the second temple. 
And the second temple was so corrupt, that's the but the prophecy when Jesus had to come back. Rome at that yeah, point, King Herod. The first temple being built by Solomon and being built by demons and him controlling it through the rain. Exactly. Like, and, and people don't even like, like how far that goes back when you're talking about like wizards and things. I, I think about that story with Moses and like the yeah. old story with the Moses, snake, the staff. He is uh, confronting Pharaoh and he's uh, being confronted by his his wizards, right? And so mm-hmm. they they all do these same tricks where he like casts his his staff down and it becomes a snake and they go ah and they do the same thing and then he does this other thing and they do the same thing you know and they do this. It, yeah. it is. It, it's all talking about this ancient world, and they're talking about these ancient powers. They're talking about these ancient religions. They're talking about yeah, this sorcery um, that was just commonplace. And and this idea of snake worship and serpent worship, which is repeated in the Exodus multiple times. The snakes come to copper serpents, and Aaron picks them up on the rod, and they say, "Bow to the serpent," which represents which will represent the slain Messiah. And it's basically the Aaron's rod. It forms on the crucifix. That's a whole thing. It's it's not my symbology. You could just look it up. It's esoteric. Yeah, it's Gnostic, but it's actually Old Testamentic and it's Hebrew, and that's the whole point well, of the Hebrews. The oh, then that word. And, and that was the conversion and takeover, that that whole symbolism of, like, the eagle eating yeah. the snake, and the whole symbolism of the Catholic Church being that eagle, that fasci, that fasci, yeah. that whole fascist symbol of the eagle, and them kicking the snakes out of uh, of Ireland, right? That whole, like, that whole yep. idea. The war between the serpent snake. cults and the, and the, and the Israelis. And the uh, cults. Yeah, the, the Hebrews, the sun worshippers who worshipped eagles, Helios, because they flew high. And then you have the owl cults and you have spider cults. It's, like there's, it's not a binary where there's only two. And yes, in this case, in the Old Testament's case, yeah, there is only two, really. And, and when you think of it, it's a very limited scope. But yeah, we know that there's a multipolarities of these different... Uh, Basically, these totems that represent, like the 12 tribes of Israel, there's 12 tribes. Many people can't count them. Many people can't say them out loud and what they are. Uh, Apparently, uh, Mexicans are the tribe of Issachar. 100%. Just Google that, tribe of Issachar. You'll pull up a lot of Aztec and Mayan iconography and people who are like Jehovah's Witnesses in Mexico who just basically say that they're the tribe of Israel, like Hebrews, and they came over on arcs. And then you got the Mormons who think that Jesus Christ came to just America and did the whole thing of saving the world and salvation in America, in the Aztec world. You have the Church of England and you have the British that say that they are also the real Jews. And they'll tell you that they're also, like the royal family will tell you that they're related to Muhammad. No, and that's what that's what well, basically to draw this all full circle. The whole reason we were talking about the Old Testament is yeah, that's the one hundred percent. Is that when you break it down, it's all a continuation of this thing. But there is one imposter element, and that begins in the Khazarian uh, Ukrainian steeps with this tribe of Judea that was Canaanite, that was originally Canaanite. And if you look in the Old Testament, there's a lot of like schizophrenic uh, type of uh, verses because. They, they, like, you can't really understand why God is at war with Canaanites, and at the same time, Canaanites are basically in bed with the Israelis and all that, and because it's the idea of, they're not Hebrews, they're, they're this thing called Jews. They're not Hebrews of Moses. Moses and the 400 years of Goshen and the tribes of Egypt and let my people go who are the chosen people by Yahweh and all that, the Yeshima, that's Hebrew. 
And those people are put into diaspora. They're put into diaspora. They belong in a nation only of faith, a nation only of cultural identity, of not of borders and our governments, our armies. And that's why um, you see a divide now, a modern divide. And for years, there was no Israel. There was just a Palestine. And for years, the Rothschilds and Zionists, who were this type of Khazarian, fake imposter, banker, banker, uh, typically banker class, typically uh, if you look in, say, the Spanish Empire, they were 100% the bankers and the lawyers, and when the Spanish Empire had enough of their ex uh, extortions and their corruptions, kicked them all out, and that's what they say collapsed the Spanish Empires because they didn't have, uh, they were just basically trading full gold bars for, like, horse saddles, like, they didn't have, like, the subtility of debt and things like that. Uh, but they really didn't. What, what knocked out the Spanish Empire was just entropy in time. They lasted for like 600, 700 years. Teddy Roosevelt fought them. And that, that was, they were in Cuba. That's what I'm saying. Like, at some point, man, you just got to call it a day. Like, how long of it? Like, do you think America in 600 years is going to fucking matter? No, it's not. It's going to be like the Spanish Empire. It's going to be guys who wave flags and they have no, like, no loyalty to. And if they were actually under gunfire, would just abandon ship. Because it's like a 600-year-old thing. Like, exactly. Like, it's just, it, over time, that's what happened to Rome. Over time, you lose the motivation to keep going, and you just become something else. You evolve. Technologies change. Politics change. People change. Um, and, and really, not, like, the more it changes, the more it stays the same. The Spanish became the British. The Spanish became the hey, British. I got a question for you, brother. So, it, it seems like there is... So where I get confused with this whole thing and like, man, I, I have my own theories and I try to go deep in this, but like, so it seems like there is the majority of, I, I guess you would call Abrahamic religions call this specific area very vitally important. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then you have these group that, uh, I don't even know what to call them. Are they Jews? Are they uh, Hebrews are they Palestinians? Are they, there was like there was a group of chosen people that was uh, maybe there, and then uh, where do how and where and why so the Kazarians somehow get involved and how yep. do they accumulate so much power? Well, because they are from this area, they're they're from this area that is um, uh, that is very near. They're these tribal folks that are by uh, the uh, the Kievan Rus, right? The Kievan Rus are these Vikings that came over and took over this uh, chunk of land that is now in um, where Ukraine is. Uh, but there was also a tribe called the Kazarians uh, that were very powerful. And um, so how, how and where, how do they choose Judaism? How, like, why do they choose Judaism? How do they make this, like, cultural, like, how do they become so damn powerful, too? That's so fascinating to me, this, this tribe of, like, barbarians, basically the Kazarians, that have uh, have just really just um, consolidated so much power. Good, good question. And uh, the good point of that question, you said you kind of answered it itself, is that they're, they're one, they're uncouth nature, and their reality of basically being a nomadic, stateless society affords them their survival, and it always has. Uh, the Khazarians, like I said, in the Kiev Rus, which were like basically your steep uh, type of you know Scythians and your horsemen, these big rough armies of the horde. They called them like Attila the Hun, like the horde. 
these basically Thracians, Dacians, Arminians, uh, all these people who basically lived in, in just li- like, you know, the open grass fields and they were fighters, they were fierce. The Khazarians were the people who ruled them with intelligence, with organization, with uh, astronomy, with knowing about crop cycles. They, they are the ones who kept the books. Literally, as cliche as that sounds, they're the ones who just read and, and wrote everything down and kept family history. And that's extremely important to a society. Yes, you Something can... that I've heard specifically about the Khazarians as well is that they were adult, that they were adopters of culture. So like when they would meet oh. a more powerful um, culture, they would like kind of pick and choose and they would yeah. adopt that and well. make that part of their culture. They would take things. Remember. It was like the group... Uh, Sorry, go for it. Oh, they've been enslaved already in their history. They've been enslaved. Their cities have been ravaged and destroyed. By this time, Rome has already destroyed Jerusalem. They've already tried the rebellion and lost it. They don't have that capital city, but they have the dream of going back. And yeah, they forced themselves up north where Anatolia is above that because of all the other pre-existing tribes. But to survive, how they became so powerful... uh, It starts with the desperation. At their lowest point, right? At the lowest point... Uh, well, people forget that there is a lot more to history than what they tell you, ABC. So there's this whole phenomenon of Lithuania and Poland who were pagans, who were pagan Vikings, like you said, the Kiev Rus, uh, and they were basically, they had this huge empire, most of all of Europe from Baltic Ocean all the way to the Black Sea. And then when the Vikings started to Christianize on the, in, the, in the European area in the north, they started becoming Christians and actually Muslims. Vikings have rings dating back to the 800 AD where it says Allah inscribed. And they try to say, um, oh, it's trading. They were merchants. Watch uh, 13th Warrior. They were completely on board with that shit. The Muslims helped convert them to Christianity because they were the ones who were telling them that Christians are warriors. Monotheism is about warriors, about being Abraham, is about fighting evil. And the Vikings were like, oh. So So you have this threat from Europe, right? coming down and pushing into this big pagan empire. The pagans themselves are killing each other. Like, they have this... And it lasts for, like, 500 years in its own right. The Catholics are sending nine armies into Transylvania, into Bohemia. The Transylvania thing is going on. The Turks are coming from the south. The Muslims are coming from the south. Uh, and the Arabic... And, and, and uh, they're kicking a lot of ass. You know, that's when you have the, the Dracula stories. That's when you have the Dracula-type events. Uh, and I have two things to say about this. So let me get through the Dracula thing. That's when he converted to Christianity is because he was taken and kidnapped by Muslims. And that was when he basically became like, you know, we're going to fight Muslims, but we have to convert to Christianity. But they were completely Satanists. They were completely black magic, Khazarian. And, and the reason why they're so powerful, their barbaric nature and their uh, ancient Pagan blood ritual sacrifices provides them a lot of terror. They're extremely brutal people uh, to the point that they are psychotic. A, a, a thing with like Ashkenazis is that there's schizophrenia that runs in their DNA at a higher percentage. And uh, funnily enough... I wish Thomas was here right now because there's you, connections with schizophrenia uh, into adrenochrome. Yeah, uh, blood rituals. Yep. 
Blood Rituals, yes, all of that into MK Ultra, it all connects. But they were going to they were going to get annihilated for these practices. These practices are what that and their sex, their sex habits, they're all incestual, pedophile, pedophiles, pedophilic, they're homosexuals. I remember this is the idea when the Catholics were like killing homosexuals, and the Muslims, of course, they're not cool with that shit because of the Abrahamic thing. But the Jews are going to be killed. Like I said, the Khazarians are going to be killed. They're not Hebrews, but they lie because they know because books. It was never a true conversion. Well, they they like the yeah they know. They know they can convert to Christianity because the Catholics just want to convert them. The Muslims want to kill them. But they know that they can convert to Christianity and become a vessel state, a war, like, you know, use their power uh, for what it's worth for the Catholics. And there's a lot of betrayal. There's a lot of, like, uh, stuff like that. Like when, Drac- when, when Vlad Dracula invited the Catholic uh, bishops and he killed one of them and had him tortured to death in the next room and was eating dinner with the Catholic bishop uh, as the guy was screaming, you know, for mercy and stuff just to get his point across that, you know, this is the idea of, like, who's going to be... But the Catholics, uh, you know, eventually would integrate them, the Khazarians, into their society at first. And that's who became the banking class. These uh, they, became, they became what they called conversos. In Spain, they call them conversos. They're Jews who converted to Catholicism. A lot of Spanish Inquisition shit was because these people were still practicing their witchcraft, their satanic... It's, it's basically Babylonian, Khazarian, Judaism... And I mean that from the Valley of Judea. Everyone's like, oh, so, you can't say Jew. The idea of Jew means Judean. Is, uh, the term, yeah. so Dracula was, was actually, it was something, it was a name given down. So Drac. Drac, son of dragon, dragon, the dragon. dragon. Yeah. Was a dragon. And so that was actually like a term that was given to them as, because, um, they were like fighters for the Christian yep. faith. They were fighting the Muslims. And so that was like a title given to them. And Dracula means son of the dragon. So but, that he was the son of the dragon. And remember what's going on at this time, too, is when you have the conversos, these bloodthirsty, evil, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, new Christians. They're only Christian in name only, and they're the satanic army, a mafia, basically, a, a shadow force, right? Like, a, they, like basically, the Christian uh, has gone to the dark side. The Knights Templar get destroyed. The Knights Templar get purged from existence because the French become so, like, you know, basically converted by these evil wizards. And the evil wizards are like, yeah, the Knights Templar, the people who really save Christians and, like, fight people in Jerusalem, we want Jerusalem. Kill the Knights Templar. Give us Jerusalem. And so they do, and they become literally, like, the Draco. There's this whole secret society. But you know who's what's funny about all this? You asked how they get modern power, and they track it just through the lines. That's the medieval Renaissance era. And then now modern era. Prince Charles can trace his DNA back, and it, you look this up, to Vlad Dracula. So he absolutely can. The to British. Muhammad. Yeah, and to Muhammad. And to Vlad Dracula. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Both of those, which is absolutely fascinating. The supposedly British royal mm-hmm. family were actually Germans. Yep. Uh, can trace their blood back to Dracula. And to and they also like to say that they can trace their blood, uh, blood back to Jesus. 
Yep. Also fascinating. The Merovingi. Uh, the French like to say that a lot. The French are totally into that. That oh yes, Mary came to France, and we we had families and ruling dynasties and shadow kings and Charlemagne was the true Roman emperor and stuff like that. That like you know. So next, there's something that you talked about that I wanted to uh, that I just wanted to, like touch back on. You were talking about how. Um, there are some like Celtic and even Swedish things that have uh, like ancient, 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 thousand, like fourteen hundred year old sword that has Arabic writing on it. And people, mm. how the fuck? And, and somebody, uh, I, I, I gotta give a shout out to Andreas Exertus. He had on Michael. I can't think of his name right now, but he's a fantastic. He's a British dude. Uh, really good um, researcher, wrote a lot of books, Michael Smith, Michael, I'll try to put it in the show notes if I remember, but I'm terrible at that, but I will attempt it. <laughs> Michael, Michael Ewing Jr. Michael, so he, he has this whole theory and he's wrote books and he has insane evidence that like basically, um, like so the religion that is now known as Judaism, Christianity, Islam, and I've talked to a lot. Of, I've let some Orthodox brothers uh, that have kind of talked about this too. The history of this is like the, there was one religion, and it was called the Way. So it was it was this one religion that was uh, it, before it splintered and broke into all these different things. The Orthodox Church was the Catholic Church, was the Jews, was the Muslim, was the it was it was a group, and it was called the Way, and. Um, you hear the language that they talk about that like that was spoken um, that Jesus spoke was Aramaic, Aramaic, Arabic. It was just another dialect of Arabic, well, and that all of these, all of the, all basically all of these languages were uh, um, were Arabic, and like it, there was one like uh, when people want to talk about like uh, Tartaria. When they want to talk about this ancient uh, one powerful empire, it actually was this group or whatever it was. Uh, it was an Arabic, Tartarian, Khazarian, weird group that was in charge. That like so like, like because if you even look at somewhere like at the time of a uh, like so people are gonna yell at me because like I'm not very good at like (laughs) I'm not very good at like my thoughts I'm not very good at like verbalizing them but like at the time of Napoleon do you know that was like less than 10% of France spoke French yes Uh, the the whole history of France is is fascinating yeah the whole history of like Europe is fascinating gay man they're lying to us oh because it's like you can find fucking coins in Ireland that are like 1200 years old and they have they have fucking Arabic on them, and they say there's one true God, Allah. Allah, and, st- and you're yeah. Like, what the fuck is that about? And yep. You're like, oh well, people were just trading, and you're like, no, everybody was following one religion. It was called the Way. Everyone spoke one language, and it was Arabic. Like, it, people don't want to know that, but like, mm. there's this weird fucking history that is actually being like probably hidden by the Catholic Church. The well, Catholic Church is really hiding it because, man, if anybody fucking knew that, like, like, well, Arabic, a lot of it, maybe arithmetic Arabic, like, yeah. my God, man, a lot of it. What people don't want to know is that, uh, like, see, I, and this is the thing, like, it's it's a history thing, 
And uh, I don't want to take too much time because I remember we were talking about we were going to talk about military events and stuff like that going on. What's going to be projected in the future? But this is a way to explain it. But even I uh, hold to some some unorthodox views, especially about Jesus Christ. I believe Jesus Christ was actually Julius Caesar, who went who actually became uh, uh, might have been Muhammad. Well, no, I, I'm not saying as an avatar. I'm saying like in in timeline wise. Julius yeah, Caesar no, uh, d- gets deified. <laughs> oh yeah, and even the Muhammad <laughs> idea. You're right. There's some. There's some, okay. So well, the idea of like what happened was uh, there's a thing called apotheosis, and apotheosis is is type of Egyptian magic, and it, it happens in Gaza, or at least in, in the Valley of the Kings, in some Lux- Luxor somewhere, right in Egypt, and. Uh, Alexander the Great. This is ancient history, and like this is not my specialist specialization. I really, uh, you know, I don't mind if some historian goes and proves me wrong or whatever, because the idea that history itself is fake and gay and stuff. So, like I said, I have some professor, a history professor, is going to get like you know butthurt. History. But, yeah. How is he going to prove you wrong by another book that somebody else wrote? wrote that exactly. Word that somebody else said. Yeah. A thousand years ago that we have to believe because the Catholic Church said like. But to me, history, like, I listen to the news right now, and the narrative they're telling me is a lie. Yeah. I know for a fact that they're telling me that January 6th was this great insurrection, that holy shit is worse than 9-11, that all the, and then all I know is that it's actually a bunch of hillbillies that maybe showed up, but mostly it was led by feds that were feds. kind of led inside yeah. of there. And then there was also, like, cops that were like, hey, Fake and gay. Hey, I'll open the door for you. In fact, here's the key. Fake and gay. Here you go. And you know, it's fucking silly. But yep. like the narrative that we're gonna hear is that it was this wild thing. So if you have kids in school, and like ten years from now, that's what they're gonna be taught. That's what they're gonna be taught is yep. history. Oh yeah. History. You know, a, a lot of that story. It's a narrative, and it's always been written by the victors. It's always been written by the people that are in charge. And holy shit. Yeah, and oh, so, so, yeah. The idea that somebody's going to prove you wrong, okay, buddy. Well, well that's the thing. Like, I, we're all entitled to our own opinion. It's America, and that's what makes America great. And that's the thing. Where we're all, like, coming to these conclusions, and I think a lot of them have more in common than otherwise, but there is a theory that I've heard, and I, I, I hold to it. Like, it's a, a process that happened in Egypt, and it happened with a lot of the pharaohs and stuff, but, like, what happened is Jesus Christ, uh, who was Julius Caesar before Jesus Christ, uh, remember, Jesus Christ means Jesus the Anointed, and so that that whole name too, and the whole idea of like, there's so much mystery in his background. We we have missing years. Yeah, we have. Well, we have idea of like Christ is actually a Krishna a, conscious, yeah, a consciousness, like a, a type a of a mindset. But also, like a uh, Christ is like it's like a title given, and so there's been numerous yeah. Christs, but there maybe Jesus has been the only. Jesus, but he was Jesus Christ. Well, the, there was multiple Christs, but he was Jesus. And I remember. Anyway, we can, go, we can go down a million rabbit holes. I'm sorry. Well, as I was gonna say, I remember the whole the whole <laughs> Bible, uh, the, what we call the King James version of the Bible, was written by these Khazarian Freemasons, Protestants who were basically, they even admit that there were several converted Jews who did the translation of the ancient Greek and Hiramet. And while they say like, oh, this is the most accurate translation, King James. King James was a Catholic uh, or crypto-Catholic. He was a homosexual. He was in the Freemasons. He he had all the names of Jehovah and the true names of God changed to Lord. 
because he was the Lord uh, King of England. And so he had the whole thing rewritten with uh, Kabbalistic numerology. So if you read a King James Version or especially an old Vulgate English Bible. About demons. Yeah. He wrote them first and like crazy book. Like this guy that we think is like, oh, he's fucking King James and he wrote this Bible and we need to fucking take this as the word of God and this is the most yep. important book and this is the only version that you're supposed to listen to and you're like, okay, he also wrote a book about demonology. Should we, no, he's, what should we do with that? Oh no, he's he's absolutely like King Solomon level weird when you actually think about like the stuff goes hand in hand. That's the whole Christian uh, universe. But the whole Christian universe has this Khazarian influence which like King of Solomon, their whole history is dealing with demons the Jinn, the Goetia, the fallen angels, that's who they're loyal to, and that's where their expertise comes from. You asked where they get power from, right? And to answer that question, I can tie it in with three, or with two basic unique figures. John D., who controlled the Queen, Queen Elizabeth and the whole idea of this British, uh, that created the British Empire. The whole British Empire was the brainchild of John D., who was channeling these basically Enochian or angel languages, uh, that's all Khazarian practice. That's all the Chaldean. That's all that Babylonian stuff in England, right? So you have Babylon again risen in London. Babylondon, right? You have this is complete thing. And the second modern person begins, like you said, in Napoleon, begins in Waterloo, begins with the Rothschilds. And the Rothschilds bring the money. And remember, and this is a thing that people don't know. If you want to read a book about it, Robert Sepper, 1666, Redemption Through Sin, the Frankian Sabbatists, there were rabbis in 1666 who professed to be the second coming of the Antichrist and who said that their teachings were 100% the opposite of Christ. And they were so popular that they were given basically carte blanche control of entire kingdoms and families. Women, this is like where... Uh, spiritually like Rasputin shit and shit comes from these like hypersexual, uh, 100% hedonistic, but like Satan, like literally say like just like America, these satanic witch uh, warlocks and stuff have complete control over the upper elite societies. Rothschild being a banker and also a Khazarian Jew famously created Israel with British backing and complete the British control of the empire. It, it, Rothschild has said in a video, my family created uh, Israel. Look at the letter work. There are British explorers and, and, and colonists and colonial leaders saying, oh, yeah, there's Palestine. It's perfect for the Zionist cause. But this isn't alone. This doesn't happen in a vacuum. Rothschild and his Khazarians in Europe are not just rubbing their hands together and thinking about all the shekels they're going to make. Albert Pike, the Freemasonic leader in, from Alabama, from Alabama. Remember, Alabama, <laughs> brilliant mind. He read the Zohar, was a Kabbalistic uh, Tal- Babylonian Talmudist, but he lived in fucking Alabama, and he was 100% why America is the reason why it is today. It's completely controlled by Freemasons. He, he was the grandmaster of the Scottish Rite Freemasons, which Scottish Rite, King James, 100%. He was writing about World War Three happening involving the Zionists, and the Muslims, the Islamic world, to create the new world order that would arise of Luciferians. And those Luciferians would be controlled by the Freemasons, who are Luciferians, who are the ruling Luciferian-type society. 
And even in them, there's divisions and stuff like that. But the idea of the Catholic Church now, these Khazarians, all Luciferians, how they're so powerful, where they get their money, Rothschild, the British Empire, the history of the Western world and colonialism. Uh, you People don't even think about it. That when, when, when the British were exploiting Africa... And, and or the Boer War, when the Boer War was going on, that a hundred years later, this would be replicated in Gaza with Israel by the British controlled avatar. You talk about avatars, you talk about this idea between religious figures, states and nations have avatars. And that's the reason why I think that the Catholic, like you said, going back to like the idea of Jesus Christ being Julius Caesar, uh, suffering through apotheosis, why there's the Holy Roman Empire. It's because that there's no coincidence that Jesus Christ lived during the same time Julius Caesar did, and Julius Caesar professed himself a god on earth as Julius as Jesus Christ professed himself the son of God. They are one and the same. Julius Caesar just went to Jerusalem because the biggest problem was this Jewish Khazarian cult that had a power headquarters in Jerusalem. And he knew that they would want they would kill him. They would they would murder him for, for what he was doing, which was destroying any legacy of legitimacy this imposter cult had. Because he had the ability to resurrect himself due to this not only divine birth and mandate, but also the Egyptian magic, which is the same Egyptian magic that Moses had, and the Egyptian sorcerers also had, by the way, that they that apparently was learnable in the high court, and they were throwing and transmuting staffs into serpents and snakes. They were giving life and animation to inanimate objects. They could easily raise themselves from the dead. Jesus Christ, back in the New Testament, is telling his disciples how to raise the dead and send, and how to heal the sick and sending them forth and being like, yeah, just do it. Like, here, I, 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 you, you are loyal to me. I'll give you the secret. Go forth. And, and many of the miracles that are even attributed to Jesus Christ are erroneously attributed. They were actually his apostles and his disciples who went forth and healed the blind and the maimed and stuff. It's the, that's the kind of stuff they want to cover up is this idea of this, this actual living magic, this living magic that is... Uh, You're right, because they'll say that... Um, and, and I actually... Christians, by and large, do not officially endorse Jesus or miracles. The Catholic Church is now Freemasonic. Now, here's the thing. I'm not saying that they're enemies. No, that's the thing. Like, the idea of Muslims being like, and because of that, all Christian. No, we're friends. Like, there are pictures I post on Instagram of Palestinian Hezbollah or Lebanese Hezbollah fighters saluting and setting up pictures of the Virgin Mary, of Jesus Christ, of worshiping together. Yeah. I don't think you have to convert to Islam. Like, it's me, because where I'm at, I'll, I'll just tell you where I'm at um, personally in my own spiritual journey. is because I, I grew up very, uh, very, very Protestant Christian. I was I was actually the opposite of a Baptist. I was a, I was a, um, man, what do you call that? I was a Pentecostal. I grew up as a Pentecostal. I grew up in these, like, uh, in these, like, tent revivals you know i was my mom taught me to cast out demons from the time i could walk basically um and we were praying in tongues and actually tonight i probably have to start writing my sermon because i i I actually am going to be preaching at a church here pretty soon uh uh but i tell you that uh to me i call myself a christ follower at this point i don't i don't 
I tried to say that I don't uh, agree with churchianity. So I stay out of the whole idea of uh, whatever Rome says, whatever the Vatican says, not even necessarily what any particular church says. I have my, I have my heart uh, with what I, you know, what I, what I find as the creator. So like, I think that you can absolutely find that in a Muslim church. I think you can find that in the, in a Catholic church, I think you could find that at an evangelical church. I think you'd find that in the Southern Baptist church. You just have to find that faith. You have to find that connection with the Godhead, which is inside you, which is Jesus Christ. That is that part of the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. And the whole idea of the Holy Spirit is like, Hey, I, I have to go away. I have to go to the father right now, but I'm leaving a piece of myself in every single one of you. That, oh, 100%. That, that is the Godhead inside of you, that Holy Spirit, which is that whole idea. So, to me, like those miracles in Jesus' name, like you, you could, I guess a Muslim could do it. I, I assume it would be hard for a Jew to do it because they don't take because, Jesus as the Messiah, yes. as the Christ. And you see that, that there is more, com- even though that there is programming and there's a lot of fear just to the name of it. 100% if you actually look at it there's no difference between Muslims and Christianity it's in fact not even the, the spirit of Christ it's the God existence in the universe that still lives the one true living God the monotheistic God Allah Jehovah uh, sometimes you call him God the, the, the idea that just gets God it's Adonai it's the Lord it's the Shekinah glory of God if you want to use the Southern Baptist way of talking about the, 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 the Shekinah glory right uh, Yeshima is what the Torah Jews right. talk about. Did you grow up in the Southern Baptist Church? Is that is that your background? No, I'm just a, a very very educated uh, person when it comes to this, and I I don't see that the I think the idea of hostility closes one's mind, but a mind is like a parachute; it only works if it's open. And even though um, I stand before you today and talk about this, this is not the only road I've traveled, and I've traveled even very darker roads in my days as a traveler the idea though is that i'm a cosmopolitan i'm a man of like this, and this is nothing I, I feel like this is so like out there or extraordinary and now edgy but it's not trying to be it's actually very classical it's very 20th century it's very actually 19th century and if you think about things like the greatest intellectuals, the greatest occultists were like Europeans who, but they also studied the Rigvedas. They studied the the the, the you know the the uh, uh, Rumis, uh, you know uh, the the Zohar. They studied uh, Talmudism. They studied occultism, Kabbalahism. They studied all this, but uh, not necessarily like saying that this is all good. Obviously, I'm 100%. I have found my enemies in the occult tradition. That's Talmudism and Satanism and, uh, you know, this extreme idea of, like, Odinism and neo-paganism. But I have read them. I have read them and watched their literature and watched their propaganda films and watched their ways. I have studied them from all angles. I have worn, like, say, with with uh, Judaism, um, I, I studied Hebrewism. I studied the whole idea of, like, uh, the the the, uh, the uh, Sifri Yisera. And, uh, you know, I said, this is not something I want to talk about in this episode, but... 100% like communism and capitalism. You can't just say, all I want to hear is one and exclude the other and because this is what they want you to think. This is the idea of the war right now. without the other. Well, no, it's not it even that. So it's the idea. Because they exist in these. Because the whole idea of, like, well, what capitalism is now, 
Well, they're not uh, different. They do not exist with what, without the idea of communism. I mean, communism can't exist without the existence of capitalism. Well, they're not different. And see, that's the thing. Like, once you start looking at it from different angles, and I'm not saying, like, oh, um, I, I'm so I'm so clever, but this is one of the things. Like when you actually look at the, what the knowledge is there, and the, why I say having an open mind is the most important thing, is because you're going to get through the programming. And remember, I'm somebody who's actively uh, been through, a, like I said, almost all sides of this angle. And what I can say after coming through it is that they've politicized everything, they've weaponized everything, and what's going to happen inevitably is a massive civil war based on so many ideologies, mistakenly thinking every other ideology is incompatible to coexisting peacefully with it. Now, my ultimate agenda and, and philosophy to everything is saying that human beings are civil Human beings are polite. Human beings want the best for everybody and just want to get along regardless of how different and what they have to tolerate. They have an extremely high patience and, and really just wish for peace. The average person is not a killer. The average person is not a savage monster. The ideas that we were led to believe from, the, from hundreds of years ago, social Darwinism, um, life is brutal, nasty, and short. Man is just a caveman. And if you didn't have society and law and weapons and like religion, he would just be walking around like, what's for dinner? Rape. I'm going <laughs> to boop. And I hit a woman and grab her by the hair and drag her back to the cave. That's not how. And that's the thing. They want you to think that if the army or the Pentagon or Homeland Security, the FBI didn't exist or the ATF didn't exist, we'd just be running around fucking like maniacs, like the purge, just like, like people with machine guns off the back of trucks. But what they're doing is engineering just that. They want that yes. Walking Dead reality. They want that Mad want Max that. future because yeah, they have brother, nuclear I mean, weapons. You're preaching to the choir here, man. I, yeah. I think about it so much, like the the whole idea of Darwinism and the whole idea of just like this: we were monkeys and then we became these beings now, and that we have to think about these. Like we have always been. Uh, to me, this world is something created for us yep. that if we weren't here this wouldn't exist i almost feel like that we are spiritual beings inside of these questions and that whatever this spirit is that we are we are we are the architects that keep this place in existence like this world doesn't exist without us yeah and and this people sounds, it sounds crazy but like i love the idea of, of you're just a well you're straw man of the caveman which has always been sold to us this is what the caveman was like, you know, just like smack on the head with a fucking rock and be like, you're my wife now. Yeah. You know, that whole idea. But like, we have always been who we are now. And just like, because when did we, just their whole narrative of the chicken and the egg, like, yeah. uh, and our, um, just our evolution of thought, when did we become who we are now? And why do we think that we are so much dumber then than we are now? And they try to tell us this, that we were so fucking stupid. That there's no way we had the complexity of thought. Exactly. Without them, without our masters that have been always pushing us to these disastrous wars and these fucked up political situations, what they say are inevitable, 
but in reality, when you think about it, are really just the, the machinations of these uh, secret societies, of these groups that have these supremacist, typically racially supremacist, but ultimately spiritually supremacist. Like you said, spirit. And it's good that we talked about that for the hour before because it's that you need that kind of understanding of the history of the world, not the lie of the world. Because like the situation right now in Israel, Palestine, has based on a lie, they are lying 100% of the time about the situation. Uh, they want you to believe that 100% this was ordained by all these Abrahamic religions. They want you to believe in Abrahamic religion because this is the only way this shit works. They themselves don't believe in it because they think they're chosen people who can in their very life just do whatever the fuck they want and like and this is gonna piss off a lot of people. Swing a fucking chicken and uh, get their sins transferred over. They're fine, right? And this is not in anything having to do with the Abrahamic Lord, uh, Hebrews, anything. Like, that's what I'm saying. You can differentiate the two kinds of people between this type of like fake and real authentic, you know, like fearing God, following the commandments and everybody, because no one would ever do this, create Israel, create the violent, racist, apartheid terror state. I have said this so many times watching the news and this week and everything. Israel, by the UN, by the United Nations own decree, by Amnesty International, by all these Human Rights Watch official decrees, by South American, by uh, various different nation standards, uh, according to China and everything like that. This is like now, see, this is first world type nations. Uh, Israel is a racist apartheid state. It is 100% built on a genocide, it is built on an invasion, it was sold to people repatriating after the Holocaust. After all this, but when in reality, it was Nazis who were sent this there. This was all constructed. So this was all constructed by a group of folks around, like, um, I don't want to, I'm not good at dates, but around the 1870s and, and a little bit before then when they're writing the Schofield Bible, they're yep. constructing, constructing this idea of, like, Zionism. And it's the psychopaths that wanted, they, they wanted, I guess, like, uh, territory. And so they constructed this idea of like a homeland and this idea of like we need to return to this place and to me dude it's so fascinating the way that they wrote this idea of like this right to return to this place that they never inhabited never well they they inhabited in this idea of jerusalem being in judea which like we, we've talked about like they they inhabited it was, like I guess, this Khazarian group. This Khazarian group ideologically can trace their ancestry back to Jerusalem when it was Judea before it was built. Before it was ideologically, but see, yeah, that's what I, I mentioned earlier when I was saying like genetically maybe they can't. Yeah, genetically they can't. Ideologically they can. Where it's this idea of the uh, this group that um, yeah. ideologically can claim that like hey. Uh, and they can't get a. It's not like karma. Thousands of years yeah. ago, and so therefore this justifies us coming back and do this whole massive psyop yeah. did on the Christian American Church, where they like where I was mentioning the Schofield Bible and Christian Zionism. Yep. And this whole indoctrination. Yep. And the, them using like the whole thing idea weaponizing eschatology and like end time 
uh, like uh, prophecy to then like convince these Christians that if they don't support this group of invaders, these occupiers in this territory where these people literally they can tell you like, look, I came from Germany, I came from Ukraine, I came from Lithuania, I came from Russia, I came from France, I came from Spain, all these European people, and then they flood this area that has been called Palestine for at least a thousand years in the Roman Empire, and they say, like, hey, we are going to buy this from your, your Ottoman occupiers, and so they buy this territory from the Ottoman occupiers. These Ottomans that haven't even been living in this area... They've been living in the Sinai. Uh, they've been living in like the Saudi Arabian Peninsula and mm. things like that. Like this whole idea of like locking in property rights is actually the people that have been living and toiling on this land that have put that grew those olive trees. They can say, "I put that tree. Our my great grandfather planted that olive tree." You know, and and now we have we just have this undying allegiance to this group of occupiers because of this indoctrination because. It's this whole wild fucking death cult that is Christian American Zionism that we think that we have to support these these and we we mentioned the Rothschilds earlier. Yeah. The Rothschilds are the ones that poured money into this and that like uh, poured money into also the British government, which has also been part of this the entire time. Like shout out the Balfour Declaration where they said like, why the fuck does England get to say? Therefore, you get a state because, like, the, the, because Israel will say, like, "Hey, we have our justification." Look, the Balfour Declaration says that we can be the state of Israel. Like, why the fuck does England get to say you get to be a nation in this area that you're occupying that you don't that you've, you're not from that you're stealing from these people that have been living here for thousands of years? God damn, it's a fucking wild. Well, one of the things that people think is that the Israel is in control, but Israel is not in control. What what is really going on? I mean, now it has a lot of lobbying control. Zionists are, yeah, Zionists are in control. That are international. Yeah. That don't give a fuck about anything. They like because people think it's Jews that run the world. No, I don't know what you want to call Zionists. Well, they're Zionists. Yeah. Of psychopaths that own the world that will call themselves Jewish or that will call themselves. Uh, Anglo-Saxons if they need to that will call themselves anything that they want to be at the time that make themselves powerful and it's just these small, these small like intermarrying families that are actually in charge of the world that at any time they will claim to be whatever they need to to ultimately the yeah, get the funding in charge. because man if you look at the state of Israel the state of Israel right now dude is I like whether or not there was a psyop involved in far, as far as like paragliders coming in and, and massacring a fucking uh, uh, a concert, like however you see that, like if you think that the that Hamas did that, or if you think that probably the IDF and the, or the Mossad and or the CIA was involved in that, um, however you see that, there was actually innocent people that probably died in that scenario, and guess what, like. The people that are in charge, that small psychopathic group, they don't give a fuck about the Israelis. They don't give a fuck about the Jews. Look, Israel right now is the most woke-poked 
Brandon Booster, yep. Maga Jab, and Group in the entire Absolutely. And what Absolutely. does that fucking tell you? They don't give a shit about the Jews. They don't care about those people. I, They're using them, and they fucking use that name. Like, like there is a small psychopathic group that's actually in charge. So when people say, like, the Jews are in charge, that's so simplistic. That's so stupid. No, like, the dude that fucking makes me a delicious pastrami sandwich at this deli over here that's been family-owned for fucking generations, he has nothing to do, fucking do with any of this psychopathic bullshit. No, of course They're not. Small, psychotic, yeah. evil fucking families. Remember, I always said that people have more in common. Yeah, shit. no matter what, the working man has more in common, and um, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and say that right now, because a lot of this rhetoric is going to come. More, I, like, honestly, dude, I, I got more uh, yeah. in common with a Palestinian and a Jewish carpenter and this guy over here and somebody from fucking Iraq and somebody from Africa and somebody in Finland yeah. than in all of these psychopathic rulers. Then the people who's the mayor in your city. Yeah, then the the person who's the mayor in your city. Or a white pond. We're both fucking pawns, bro. Well, yeah, exactly. You look at this realistically. We talk about all this state level stuff. Uh, you and I, no matter what ideology, what we talk about, about religion or spirituality, or what we talk about ideology, uh, wherever we claim, well, you and I, no matter how much of our we're different, have more in common than us are the mayors of our town. Like, whatever city we're in, the your mayor is is part of this club that you're talking about, the sociopaths who don't give a shit about you and never will. We, no matter how that's, different that's we are, will have more in common. In our, like, what you would say, uh, like, a conspiracy community or this or that, think that things can be uh, solved on a very small community basis. And they would say something like, hey, maybe our town can be can be safe. But you're saying you even think a mayor of a town. Well. Almost every, every <laughs> town or almost every town? What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, that, that's, that's a whole other bag of fish. I'm just saying, like, the whole idea of, of the leadership, corporate leadership, especially something like that. You're talking about people who survive paycheck to paycheck versus someone whose job is to be a politician. Think about yeah, just the, right. like, the oddities yeah, of the idea. existence. Now, everyone look at it, and because and I get it, where some people it's, say that it's necessary or it's this or it's that. But the whole idea of a public servant is a joke. Because Someone who makes time, in one hour. Positions like, were voluntary. And like, if you're looking at somewhere like New Hampshire, like uh, a lot of the Congress even are unpaid positions. And then you can tell me you're a public servant. But the majority of these like Congress and senators and this and that, whole thing. Or even like a fucking sheriff or a mayor or... They, they, well, they, take this for granted. All right, here's here's for an example. Through forceful taxation, every single one of their positions, and so to me, there is nothing. There, there is the whole idea of of the class of yeah. the government and the people. Here's here's an and example. Their cronies and the people. Yeah, here's an example in Texas. Because uh, I cover mostly Texas news, we have Governor Greg Abbott, right? Champion of the far right, champion of the red pill, and the MAGA, and all that supports Trump. His he has made it a law that you cannot qualify for state funding, grant programs, any kind of money from the state of Texas, uh, if you don't 
if you boycott Israel, you have to sign a loyalty oath to the nation of Israel. Talk about a Zionist-occupied government. The population of Jews in Texas is 200,000 people. The population of Muslims is 500,000 people. We're talking about two minorities that equal 0.001% of 30 million people in a state. Yet we have to sign a loyalty oath to Israel, specifically against their enemies in Palestine which makes no sense, is completely undemocratic in any way you look at it, but it's 100% a definition of Zionist occupied governments who were so detached from reality that they literally make into law the, like I said, you, you wonder why our tax money is going to the Ukraine. That's the thing, like, it's not us. It's not Americans who are sending, we're not getting our checkbooks out and writing it. We're not getting our credit cards and our debit cards and sending money like, uh, like we're, uh, giving your money away uh, ourselves personally. It's our taxpayer money is being right, robbed right. from us and it's hundreds of that. billions are going out. Oh, it's all okay. So the entire American economy, there's a flag. Uh, so you want to know, I guess how my thoughts of this, um, there's a flag. It's a, it's a meme where they show the flags of Washington, DC, the district of Columbia. They show the flags of the Vatican and London city. These are the three main, like Rothschilds own London City, the Pope owns the, the Vatican owns the Catholics, you know, and, and that owns the, uh, the Catholics own the Vatican. And, um, you know, of course, Washington, D.C. is the Pentagon, it's the military, it's this commander in chief figure. And that these three uh, capitals could never invade the, the surviving Roman Empire of the Middle East in this idea of the Islamic Caliphate or the, or the Ottoman Empire as it existed. And this was because of the lineage of Rome. These people have dignity and self-respect and a culture that will immediately ally with themselves over the... So they don't want to convert to this idea because in their hearts they believe in the Antichrist. And that's why their token religion, their Abrahamic religion of choice that they will defend and die for are the Jews, are the Israelis, because the Israelis and the Jews don't believe in Jesus. They reject Christ. They say he is not the Messiah. And you can say, that's not anti-Semitism. That's just accepting the fact that Jews don't believe in Jesus. That's one, That's a selling point. They're like, well, we don't have the, we don't have the Jesus. Like He's like, you can believe in God, but we don't think he's our Messiah. We think he was a prophet. We think he was an educated man, a scholar, but he wasn't our Messiah. That's the whole rabbi spiel. I, for years, I studied this. I know 100%. Uh, watch uh, uh, Brother Nathaniel. If you really like Christian orthodoxy, who is a converted Jew, or Bill Schnoblin and all that. The idea that these people worship Lucifer, if they're, they're fake Christians, they will worship Lucifer or they'll worship uh, a replacement Jesus. You know, like uh, Simon or Mithraeus or all this like type of stuff that's not Jesus, but it's like Jesus-like. You know, like they'll be like, oh, well, Jesus is actually like this in the astronomy, astrotheology, all this stuff that they worship. That's not accepting the fact that Jesus was Messiah. Um, now, this is why they've chosen Israel, because that is in the land of the Middle East, 100% Abrahamic. It was either Christian, Torah Jews, or, or basically Jews who lived in submission uh, and diaspora. They didn't make any claim to politics. They just coexisted, and they were allowed to survive because of the, uh, the Muslims. They started doing the Crusades and everything. Repeated the Crusades. It's a 20th century crusade. And like the Crusades... What they don't tell you is that the 1940s, the 1950s, the whole idea of the, the Israeli repatriation 
was immediately at a war. It was immediately killing civilians, burning down villages. Like you said, the idea of planting a tree and being like, this is where I planted this tree, trees for Israel. Every single settlement in Israel where the Jews live from the ocean, uh, from the Mediterranean, all the way out to the West Bank, all their borders, was built on the graveyards of Palestinian settlers, shepherds, nomads, and various different Christian Yazidis and, and Coptics, Gypsies, Roma. Arminians were there. People don't even talk about the Arminians. The Arminian genocide coincided with this. It was part of the buildup to it, is that the Arminians have a stake. You know, in Jerusalem, there are four quarters. There is the Jewish, there is the Palestinian Muslim, there's the Christian, and there's Arminians. And Arminians are part of this, the whole thing, the idea that these are people who did not bow to them, and they were they were genocided. And this never gets talk, talked about. What gets talked about? Poor us. We're victims. We try to go back to our holy land. You guys attacked us. You don't want us to be here. And even in every single discussion later on about the wars, the Six Days War, the USS Liberty, fails to mention the fact that this is 100% an illegal occupation. It is a triumph of foreign mercenaries and basically European-trained gladio Nazi leftovers. Ironically... Rothschild-funded foreign mercenaries. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and as far as you want to go back, like let's keep going further back. So even by their own mythology, you can say that the, Jude, the Jews say that they were brought from the land of Egypt and then they were brought to the land of Canaan where they conquered this territory that was their promised land and this is where they're from. Who was living there before? The Canaanites. Who are these Canaanites? Who are these Philistines? Well, they, who that's are who the Khazarians are. The Palestinians that were living there before you no, conquered the, this area? The Canaanites like, so are the Khazarians. It's so silly and arbitrary where they say like, well, it was ours first. Well, no, the so when was it? Well, after we took it. Well, who did you take it from? Well, the people that were living there before that. Who were the people that were living there before that? I don't know. We killed them. <laughs> you know? It's oh, like, yeah. To me, it's just like, like the people that are saying that like we absolutely have to recognize this land as like Israel's. And you're like, okay, well, are you going to give your house back to the Native Americans? Why not? A lot of that. Why, you piece of shit? You fucking occupier? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it, to me. A lot of it's always used for that tit to tat thing, but the thing is, unlike uh, the Native American wars, which were themselves a great travesty and a crime, and I always put down Native American because. Uh, I believe that a lot of what the Native American history, just like all history, was fake and gay and, and fake and just absolutely a cover-up to to, for a number of reasons. But like you said, who was these Canaanites? The Canaanites were the Khazarians. That, that's who they evolved into. They, were the, they eventually became this Rothschild, who the Rothschilds are from. They're from the Canaanites. The people who worshipped ISIS... Uh, before that, they were the Sumerians. The, the, the Sumerians were the Babylonians who the ones yeah. who conquered them back because they were conquered by Moses during the Exodus and they intermarried and then they were conquered back. And that's the kind of thing like the Babylonians, same thing, had a claim to Jerusalem. They had the, the King Solomon. It's so goddamn wild that like these modern day yeah. Israelites are saying, like, I know I'm from Switzerland. I know that I'm from Germany. I know I'm from 
you know, Lithuania. I know I'm from England. Which is why. God promised me this, so this is my land. You're like, what the fuck? Which is why uh, the, the claim of the idea that this is a war against religious extremism, this is a war against racism, this is a war against intolerance, this is a war against... Uh, a, they, say, they will always say that. They'll say Hamas, Palestine, the people of the Middle East, of Lebanon, their neighbors, that they were always racist against them and the rightful repossession of this land from, the, like, this, this, in their eyes this saint Rothschild, right? The British Petroleum Company, yeah. it was canonized. Yeah, they always were, yeah, it seems like they were always kind of sour against this group of ethno-nationalists that were trying to take their house. Well, the idea well, of... How uh, does that work? Man, why do we hate this group of ethno-nationalists yeah. that are, like, extremely xenophobic? They're the ones, yeah. everyone that think that they are owed this, like, huh? There is a why rabbi. <laughs> like, huh, yeah. why are people so sour against this group of people that think they're better than everyone, think that they're God's chosen people, and they think that they're owed this land? Yeah, no. Uh, oh, oh, hey, God told me your house is my house now. The rabbi... So uh, anything yeah. that I do is justified. So if I go in and fucking steal your house and murder your wife and kick you out of your house... Well, God told me that was okay. Well, that's the thing. Why uh, are you so angry? Why do you hate me? They, they, you're, a, you're a bad person. You yeah. hate me. Yeah. Why do you hate me? Because I took your house. The idea <laughs> of it is is hilarious, and it's obvious. That the idea of someone... Exactly. If they took your house, and then you fight back, and then they say, okay, well, make peace. Give me half your house. Or you can you can go back to your bedroom, but I can watch you and surveil you and build a wall around you and make sure that you don't come into my side of the house because I don't trust you and you're a terrorist. And not only that, I control the mass media, and I'm just going to be telling the neighbors, like on big-ass TV screens, and hey, like, you're just an asshole. Yeah. Semitic. Well, it's like I'm going to be broadcasting. Semitic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why you're the bad guy for wanting your your house back and like painting your painting you as evil, and I'm going to do nine eleven and I'm going to blame it on you. And exactly, nothing exists in a context. Well, see, nothing exists in a context. So you wonder, like, well, how bad can Israel be? They did nine eleven. And then blamed it on uh, the Taliban in Afghanistan, and we also invaded Iraq because of that. So it's a it's a it's a factor that no matter how far away you want to get away from it, America is like the one hundred percent being led like a bull or an army yeah, by this so, like, uh, policy at this point. To, like I know we're gonna this is pussyfooting, whatever you want to call it. It's like I have sympathy for anybody that was uprooted from their houses, yep. that were taken into camps, that were tortured and murdered, that, and so you can call this like in the Holocaust, but then to then turn around and do it to other people, other people. in a yep. place. Well, exactly. To fucking, like, it's hard for me to have sympathy, continued sympathy for you, like because I absolutely believe, uh, I mean, I, that they were singled out and hurt in a certain way but guess what there was also a lot of other groups that were being singled out and hurt in that way and yeah. so it's, it's, it's a complicated fucking thing but then for you to turn around and use the same fucking methods yeah and so and, the same, and doing the 
same fucking exact same thing. Exact same thing. And then you yep. say, like, I'm still a victim. I'm, the, yep. I'm being hurt right now. I think it's so self-evident. <laughs> it's so self-evident, and it's not a new thing, that people didn't support it when it happened, when it first started happening. And people haven't supported it since. There's hundreds of thousands of people who don't support it. I mean, just like in the Jewish community alone. Uh, they're called uh, Torah Jews. It's the whole thing is that like even amongst the, the, the Jewish faith that's extremely protested this idea of the Zionist nation of Israel. But even then, like I so said, ethically, it just makes sense on paper. Nobody with the conscience who is born in the modern world could side with them as the good guy given any realistic understanding of what's going on. Even the fact this happened once would immediately set your heart against them if you grew up just in the sense of good versus evil, right versus wrong, there is bad to hurt people, right? Like anyone who hurts people is bad. Anyone who hurts especially innocent and vulnerable people is worse. And the idea that there's you always cheer for the underdog. You cheer for people who who have the less and they're fighting the overpowered oppressor. Like the idea of like, like if you were to tell this to a child, they'd be like, yeah, right on, right? Like I'm fucking eight years old, but I'm totally on board with like, we got to kick that guy, that bad guy's ass, right? And you're like, that bad guy's name is Israel. And they're bombing Gaza children. They blew up a hospital. The they killed 800 people in a hospital. Versus the Flintstones at this point. It's it's one and, and it's not even like they hide it. Around in their flying cars, it's, and they're dropping bombs on literal fucking. And, and the problem is they're not. They wouldn't be cavemen if they weren't being forced to be cavemen. And, they're in these open air prisons. They're in this area that they that they're not allowed to leave. Exactly. They're not allowed to go anywhere. They don't have actual like representation. They with the whole idea that Israel can turn off their electricity and water mm -hmm. tells yeah. you what you need to know about them. And I will say that too, that that can't be it's not in a it's not in a vacuum, so all this stuff adds up and it stacks on each other. So not only do you have that, right? The idea that this is a technologically superior military with Western technology, Western jets, uh, smart bombs. Western funding. Yeah, they uh, exactly the nuclear power level of their weaponry, the the satellites. They it's not only Israel; it's the United States, it's the EU, it's um, uh, it's basically um, you know the Canada at this point. The Five Eyes powers, Australia is a part of it. They all can add special forces. Like Germany Australia, is sending special England, forces down Canada, there. America, England, yeah. Yeah, and so they have this 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 huge alliance that is treating them. As of though they're completely justified in doing things like bombing hospitals because those nations themselves do the exact same thing because they are controlled by these Zionist occupier, uh, racist apartheid terror state leaders and, and people who follow that ideology. It's 100% neo-colonialism. Like I said, it's a death cult. And it's to the point that 100% of our power structure is completely at their mercy. This is why two aircraft carriers are sitting out there, not on the side of Gaza, but waiting to bomb Gaza, waiting to bomb Lebanon, waiting to bomb them. Once, once rightfully so, those countries start kicking Israel's ass. And the thing with the IDF, like you said before, uh, what I believed about uh, it doesn't matter. And I, that's true. It doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, it's all fog of war. 
And like I said, it's it's like we know we're we're never gonna know the full picture. But I actually believe that it was a legitimate attack because Israel's super weak. It's a paper tiger. And in two thousand seven and two thousand six, they were uh, they fought Lebanon and they fought them to a stalemate. And they haven't fought any modern wars since. They've, like I said, literally been killing children who've been throwing rocks at tanks with snipers. They've been running over American protesters with bulldozers. They've been uh, forcing illegal settlements at the end of an AR-15 to women who are breastfeeding children and stuff and just taking them out of their apartments. They've been doing things like V for Vendetta style fucked up uh, Orwellian police state shit, making people go through like 10 fucking checkpoints just to get to work and having their ID scan, full body scan, uh, T- TSA level stuff like that, like getting pat down. This is a highly offensive to their culture. They put armed guards of the IDF at every mosque in the West Bank in Jerusalem as a show of force, as a show of submission. This is classic psychological warfare and a domination. Of, uh, it's not a genocide. It is a genocide. And the idea is that to this day, 2023, currently, the world situation is now Britain, America, uh, the EU, Germany, all of them support the eradication and the commitment of this genocide against the people of Gaza, against the Palestinians, because they are defending themselves. Like I said, they can explain this to a child, why this is ethically right, but they are defending themselves when even the United Nations, and, and everyone talks about New World Order, this, globalist, that, my globalism. You know Alex Jones is a Zionist shill. He's, he works for Stratfor. He's yeah, actually man. paid by the Jews and by Israel. It's He's a Zionist. Bad to fucking admit it. All, yeah. like, so the people... Well, what they've been trying to teach you is that the UN is evil. But the UN actually, if you just sit down and check it out, you're like, oh, you don't want genocide? How fucking evil is that? You you think there should be an international effort to try to, like, not let people go extinct because of random, violent, genocidal, racist apartheid states like Israel? And you, the UN famously says that they're a racist apartheid state. But the UN, for example, um, yeah, it, it says that anyone who is suffering illegal occupation or possible genocide or invasion has can resort to every means at their disposal to liberate themselves and fight for their survival and freedom this was written because of the issues and situations in africa where there were genocidal warlords there were communist rebels there were like you know apartheid states and and to this day people need to realize there are Laws. There are there are so many libraries filled with volumes of international law regarding war, regarding the right and wrong way of conducting it and the legalities of it. And legalities are just a fancy word of saying, is it ultimately justified? And this is not going to stop the bullets and not stop death on either side. But but what it does, but what it does do is. International law in war, because I, I think of war, and war is obviously bigger, deeper uh, than any fight between man on man, right? But the whole idea, uh, dude, I'm conflicted with this because, like, let's think about it. Like in a fight, let's say you and I were fighting, you and me, and we're fighting here. And, like, I don't know your intentions. Are you going to kill me? Are we just going to, like, are we just going to have a manly fight and 
we're going to punch each other, and then we're going to be like, okay, we're going to be on our way. But any fight that you have could theoretically, you don't know the other person and their intentions, and it could be a battle to the death. So the whole, like, is I had this, you know, taught to me as a young man uh, by, like, uh, by older gentlemen that took me under their wing and kind of taught me, it was like, like in in a fight, he goes, "Don't throw, don't ever throw the first punch. Don't ever look for the fight. But in a fight, make sure you're the one that ends it. Right? The whole idea of like, there's nothing that's off the table when you're in a fight. Meaning, like, if somebody has got you down, like, try to rip their testicles off." That is true. Awful. Well, that no, that's you know, true in the situation that you're in the situation of combat, of uh, battle. I mean, but the I idea mean, of war, like laws and war, because dude, I get it too. Because holy shit, are there awful weapons out there? There's literally fucking like nerve gas that you could do that could like literally make people's like bodies contort and like kill them, and that sounds awful. But like. And the whole idea, too, because I'm not even 100% sure how I feel about nukes. I don't even know if I think they're real. I, they might be. I, I'm just, I'm, honestly, I'm agnostic about it because I've heard the great arguments that they're not real. I've heard the great arguments that obviously they're real, retard. But, like, like, oh, man. Well, the idea of the, of the war crime. <laughs> well, no, the, the idea of the war crime. Like, and their whole, uh, like, War crimes, and I get it. War crimes are awful, but like no, it, war is ugly, and war is. But it puts public oh. opinion, and it puts so for what what example of war crime? What now? Uh, the torture and killing of prisoners. Now, this is a very small detail, and everyone always says a thing like, well, if, they're, if you hate them, if you're an enemy, shoot them. Why do you take them prisoner and stuff? It's because it's a, it's a subtle, long-term psychological strategy to prove moral superiority, which can win hearts and minds. And like you said, there are no real winners in war. It's just who proves to who survives, right? Now, the idea, though, behind the laws of international warfare, this is like everything else. Society, people are not... This berserk, psychopathic in it, even at war, the idea is that it's a it's a uh, political act. It has a political objective, and when you, when you look at yes, this death cults, they're they're the most brutal in all history. Um, that in the Soviet Union, and yes, hundreds of millions of people have died in the last one hundred years. Say for example, one fifth of the Korean population of North and South Korea during the three-year Korean War. One-fifth of the population. 80% of the Japanese infrastructure burned to the ground during four years of war with the United States. But are the Japanese still here? Are the Koreans still here? Yes. What had to happen was that it's not an extermination. Wars are not extermination. Wars are politicized actions. And where is North Korea still independent? The United States did not win the Korean War. It was fought to a stalemate. Our forces were actually forced to retreat. We could not have the resource. And so, like, things like that. Like, no matter how many you kill, the idea is that doesn't win wars. What wins wars, politics and negotiations and public image and reputation. And the more war crimes you commit, the more bad karma internationally it sticks on you like a chain to the point that the United States is that global pariah that it was during 9-11, 
because of that attitude that we are exempt because we are better at war. We use things like napalm on villages. We use things like Phoenix Project. I think you're onto something, and I think it is fucking uh, fascinating and brilliant because the whole idea of a nation is actually to be a concise nation. So, like, even in the Bible it says, like, a house of cards divided against itself is going to fall, right? So you have to have the whole entire nation behind you and the actions behind you to actually win. Where you say that we haven't won, because, like, we won in World War II. Why did we win in World War II? Because the propaganda machine was behind us because people thought that we were fighting a noble battle because the people believed in it. Yep. And then in the war that like, obviously America was more powerful than Vietnam. We didn't win in Vietnam. Why didn't we win? In it's, Vietnam? it's about hearts because and we minds fighting against ourselves because we fucking knew what we were doing was fucking wrong. Well, the thing with and Vietnam, the whole idea that like the nation is the people and that like, uh, that a group of people needs to get the whole team to fight. Like, oh, yeah. man, uh, you're on to something that's really fucking fascinating. Which is what I was going to say. doing something righteous to have the people believing in you because the people are what's powerful. Yeah. And what There's I, what, a group of psychopaths that are in charge that are telling people what to do. But, like, honestly, the people of a nation are what what's... It's what makes a nation powerful. Yeah. And so what, they have to believe in that national vision. They have to believe in that illusion. And, and it is. It's like um, it's like a giant aggregor. It's like mm-hmm. a fake. Because, I mean, that's the way that I believe in the state. I think the state is an aggregor. Absolutely like, right. If you're not doing it right, if you're not, if you're not smart about it, if you're not really making, like, if your belief structure isn't sound, then you're a weak poor aggregor and the united states right now is a weak poor aggregor because we have been we have a idea of national pride and of national of right and wrong and we've been we're the sick man because we've been doing these atrocities that like contradict ourselves and so like people don't believe in it and so it's this whole idea of nationalism which is like an ugly word. People don't like the word of, they don't like to hear the word nationalism. But if you have a country that actually is nationalist, that is a healthy aggregor. That is yeah. a, that, that's a country that believes in itself and is actually living by its like morals and, and their dogma and people, or at least people believe they are. What you see now is the is is a radical moment in history because last 100 years was a radical moment in history. Same thing. History repeats itself. Like it's constantly cyclical and it repeats itself. Last 100 years, you saw an end in colonialism. If you were alive the 100 years uh, before, you saw the rise of colonialism. Right, you saw these young empires, these younger empires vying for power, but committing these atrocities in their in their basically their their zeal, their youth as an empire, and they could hide it because of the enthusiasm towards power. Right, like oh, the Belgians are just raping and killing the Congolese, 
but they want diamonds. So in their youth, this is fine. But now we know that they're not to be trusted. And if the, the if you think about any white European nation controlling Africa, like the French, we know that's an exploitative, historically proven to be evil. We've already had Mahatma Gandhi. We've only we've already had Martin Luther King. We've already had this idea of like Pan African liberation, right? We already have the uh, the, the 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 history of saying that th- one is right, one is wrong. And the idea of the American spirit still supporting the wrong thing is unignorable now when we are sending, say, uh, the bombers to kill Muammar Gaddafi in Libya. But we are also saying that we'll support uh, the French, like the French eventually had to retreat. But the idea that they will attack Niger and what Niger did, this idea of coups, this idea of the militaries, these these. Leaders, these young new generation leaders, men in their 30s, men in their 40s, men in their 20s, who have already grown up after 9-11, have seen the bullshit. They grew up watching uh, Loose Change and the Boondocks for whatever their country's worth is, right? They know history. They know uh, uh, the reality of the world because they have international news, phones, self uh, internet and stuff like that. But they become the new rebel warlords. They're like Ho Chi Minh. They're like that Vietnamese uh, spirit where they are reasserting and finding their traditional roots, a lot of it based on ethnicity, a lot of it based on culture. But you're going to see that happening around the world where these old corrupt systems of power get slowly chipped away based on real uh, radical, uh, real revolutionaries who use violence. Because at this point, you can 3D print guns. There are so many weapons to be possessed, but it's not about weapons. It's about strategy. It's about politics. It's about PR. It's about things that the Pentagon admits it can't keep up with. Cyber war, uh, memetics, uh, things like that. Reality is perception. Well, it's it's war. It's it, this is all part of the war. Psychological operations. Narrative is, yeah, man, you're you're right. Well, that's what the war crimes thing like comes you're in. You're talking about a narrative war. You're talking about people's perceptions of yeah. what they see. That ultimately... So what ultimately becomes the history, what ultimately becomes the narrative is people's perceptions of what actually happened. It's not what actually happened. It's yeah. people's perceptions of what happened. But and, and that's the same thing here. I don't think in 100 years anyone's going to have an accurate picture of history, even though every single thing is documented online and on no, Twitter. It's not possible. It's, it's going to be because so lost in chaos. Next, yeah. You and me next, we could go to a concert. We could go see, I don't know, little Uzi Vert or whoever's the popular person. Right? <laughs> whatever mumble rapper is like the, the, the rapper of the time. You and me could go see him and a couple of our friends, and then we could all talk about the concert. And, no one, and you yeah. and I could I, I could have had the best night of my life. It's subjective. You could have had the worst fucking night of your life. Yeah, it's subjective. Yeah. And, and it's subjective because reality is it's all perception and it's all our realities become that and it's whoever is in charge of the mic at the time gets to say what happened. But already, yeah, already you have two main positions in America, and you always have had two main positions, like uh, a lot of minority positions. By it's like I don't believe in the binary. I don't believe in the the two poles of power: America, West and East. 
red versus blue, uh, capitalist versus communist, Coke versus Pepsi. I don't believe that. I think that that excludes the whole nuance of the many different angles in it. Um, but ultimately, you have the idea that there is like a, a red-pilled and a blue-pilled re- reality, right? A, a Lib Democrat, uh, woke, LGBT-type, Q, uh, pro-type world, and the opposite of that, right? Your conservative uh, theology. I believe the American Civil War is already occurring. Well, I, even the idea of LGBTQRS, ABT, yeah. dollar sign well, is a thing. Well, yeah, that's a whole that's invasion. A that's a psyop in itself. Psyop in yeah, a psyop in itself. And see, that's the thing. How you said that, people are waking up. I think that the American Civil War is going to be started on those lines. I think it was started in the 1960s on the same lines with this idea that, that was what they wanted, is this idea of a rainbow Nazi uh, fascist corporate uh, takeover of America, a, a worse corporatism because to be politically incorrect is to suffer the wrath of the like a murder like to be guilty of murder is to be the same thing as being you know a homophobe or something like that right like you could literally be thrown in a concentration camp re-educated have your kids taken away from you your your possessions and stuff stripped your whole thing based on your talk to young people right now the worst thing you could be called is a racist is a racist yep exactly so we know this what what is a racist give me an explanation like give me a fucking you know, you, you, you say, what is a racist? And they're like, they have a hard time even telling you what a racist is. And, and because what, a racist is now just a construct. Yeah. And, and that's, a racist is whatever the bad thing is. The racist is now the word racist. That's like calling someone the devil. Well, what now, that's a war you know, crime, too. That becomes an avatar. And like, that, that becomes the adversary. That yeah. becomes... Well, that becomes like a war crime, right too. Now that can also be called the fascist. Yeah, that, that becomes and a war what, crime, too. What, it's a psyop. What, 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 is, what is a fascist? Well, see, that's the thing. It's not... I mean, and that has a million explanations. I'm sorry, go ahead, Dex. Oh, it's not about the idea of being bogged down. It's the idea that these ideologies now are taking over people's minds to the point that they are no longer able to coexist. And it's, it's on all sides... Um, you said the idea of like, what is PR? What is the psychological? Why couldn't we win in Vietnam? So it's because of hypocrisies and because of, uh, like empires. Why do empires fall? It's because their own ideologies become incompatible of internal coexistence between the different radicalized castes that they promote to keep everybody weak. And to keep everybody from not seeing the bigger picture, like I said, who controls our government is an extreme minority, and they control our military, they control our security force, and they've given everybody else scraps and basically enforced chaos. And that's why you have major urban cities like destroyed younger generations that basically war with the older based on these uh, fake uh, virtues and like signals like the idea of moral, moral purity. It's this idea of populism, like MAGAism rising up, and the idea of the other half, the uh, the Antifa, and this is all 100% intentional chaos, but this is why the American Civil War already started. It's not a shooting war yet, but it could be within the next 10 years, and like I said, no one will ever look back in history and see how the Civil War started correctly. The Civil War started not from regular people wanting to fight, but from leadership who were representing states at the level, creating secession. They didn't want to be a part of the Union anymore. 
because the Union, they felt, was being led in a wrong direction. Now, I know the Civil War is very because controversial the to talk about. Revolution is one, it's one powerful, like, mafia family wanting to take yeah. over another mafia family. Think about this. There is no actual revolutions that we've ever seen, ever. Think about this. A real groundswell revolution. If, because they've all been co-opted and all, have all been controlled by one powerful oligarch trying to take out another oligarch. Yeah, if... And because, the, like you're saying, like, the war is going to be very, almost impossible to pinpoint when it started, but I think that you're absolutely right that in the history books, a hundred years from now, they're going to say that this probably started in around, I don't know, probably 2001. Maybe oh, it yeah. started even before that. Well, and because they're going to call this like the American Civil War too. And dude, I think that you are on to something. Uh, brother, we're goddamn close to two hours. We're just going to of the Bible that Christian Zionists are watching carefully yep. and they're saying this is what's going to happen at the end times. This is what's going to bring around uh, the the rebirth of Jesus Christ is going to bring back the second coming of Jesus. And what's crazy to me is that like these folks that are controlling the world, these, these rulers, whatever the fuck you want to call them, like, like, like I said, you can be to me, it, it, it's very simplistic just to say, call them uh, Jews or something like that. Cause to me, they're not Jews. To me, they are a group like some people, people call them the Jesuits because, like, these people wear many coats, right? So you can call these people the Jesuits. You can call these people the Illuminati. You can call these people the globalists. You can call these people whatever the fuck they are. Like, it's a small group of psychopaths that run this. They don't actually believe what they're selling. They're selling a false, um, like, they have their own beliefs. They have their own eschatology. They have their own end-time revelations, and they were integral in writing, like, let's say, like, the Council of Nicaea and uh, the control and um, of what is now written in biblical text for the majority of the world at this point, whether you're reading the Quran, the Torah, the Bible, whatever, whatever you're reading, they were very specific in putting certain things in there and leaving certain yes. things out. Absolutely. Uh, this group of psychopaths um, ha- make you think that by carrying out certain things, by construction of a certain building in a certain place at a certain time for the third time, this is going to now bring about the you know, this whole prophecy, fulfill it, and now Christ is going to come back and bring around the end of times. And, like, to me, this group has another agenda. They know what they're doing. It's putting them in places of power. And the majority of the world is just going by what they think it's going to bring about Jesus. I, I agree. It's going to bring about the Christ. 
I agree, and a great way of thinking about that is the symbolism. Like, so people think in the Book of Revelation, uh, there are monsters, and there's this great psychedelic type of like uh, hell on earth. You know, the dead are walking on the earth, and the sky is red, and like all this, like like insect people are coming from the portals that are opening up. They think this extremely extravagant thing. What I would like to always say is that that is what an ancient man who is having a vision of modern warfare. And, and is trying to his best in his own occult way. Because remember, John of Patmos was a, uh, was a, a Chaldean. He was an astro-theologian. He was one of these members of the Illuminati who started having visions, converted, and was punished by being put in Patmos, the island. So he was referencing in his own symbolism, in his own uh, idea, what he was shown, which was these modern wars, the idea of jets, Helicopters, men with firearms, uh, men in chariots, armored tanks, the idea of the, the, the insect-like armor, chest plates, and that's when people are thinking Book of Revelations, uh, when is, when is the, uh, the scorpion men, locusts, going to come out of the portal of the, the seventh? And they think of these extravagant type of, of realities that aren't real. They've been pushed. That agenda has been pushed by these Illuminatists who believe this separate eschatology that has been made into the dominant mainstream popular eschatology. A big factor, uh, the Left Behind series. You know that Left Behind series where people are raptured? 100% bullshit never happens in the Old Testament, never happens in the New Testament, never prophesied to happen in any book of revelations or apocalypses by any Gnostic classes. 100% a modern American invention by Freemasons who didn't Small want Bible. yeah who didn't want people American just to Christian accept Zionists. yeah the None of this theology existed prior to around 1870 to 1890 100% all brand new constructs yeah yeah it's all complete bullshit and it, it's it's like how the mormon church uh basically wrote a lot of its scripture they made it up it's just a guy who knew Freemasonic rituals and rites and passages of Salamic temples and was like, yes, I have this Old Testament knowledge because I directly am in connection with the divine, which is how most of these, uh, these, these, these cults like Scientology, if people really knew how influential Scientology world was to the world of real politics, espionage, intelligence, etc., they would freak the fuck out because that's provable modern invention by a cult leader who's just literally creating like concepts based on, yeah, like Eastern esotericism, yoga practices and things like that. But it is a cult of personality. It is a 100% demonstrably artificial create. If you want to make money, you make a church type situation. And, and people are like, well, how influential are they? In a thing called Operation Cinderella, the Church of Scientology embedded 5,000-plus deep intelligence operatives into the American uh, federal government, from the FBI to the White House. They 100% had the most extensive and successful espionage spy, spy operation on the American government, better than the Soviet Union ever had. And they were feeding all of that information into the Church of Scientology to protect Almost them. As good as Mossad. 
or, or the or the Mossad or the French. No, the whole thing. Yeah, that's true. Like no one will ever say the truth, and that's uh, senators and congressmen have come out and said that if people actually know about the extent of the infiltration of Israel into the American government, they would immediately revolt. Like they would immediately well, call for it's justice. So to me, it, it's it's people that foolishly see a separation between the two. Yep. That or Saudi Arabia or any of the global regional powers. Or any of them, exactly. Yep. Because to me, these psychopaths, they are not playing one group of people over another. Mm. They are, this is, when we call them globalists, I mean, they literally see countries as like, they're like, we're, we're, It's like football teams to them. They don't give a fuck who wins. Well, if you look at it now, for example, and I know I know, we want to cut it short and everything. This is just part of the conversation that we should have next time. But uh, internally, the feds are the ones who create all the Antifa, BLM, all these, uh, you know, ACAB groups that are causing all this chaos, these riots, these protests. It's the federal government and the Soros people. It and the, the feds that made the bullshit. It yeah, the feds, the feds that, that do made, that. It was the feds that made the Hamas. Exactly, the Israeli the Mossad's that made the made Hamas. Proud boys. Yes, like one hundred percent. Yeah, how do you how do you beat your opposition? You become them. So the civil war, American Civil War two based on these ideologies, which are not natural. No one was sitting around in American history in the cowboy days and pioneer days, settler days, manifest destiny days ever arguing about these issues. They're non-organic to the American fabric. But now, since the federal government, Zionist-controlled, death cult-controlled, Illuminati-controlled, are pushing this agendaism, you're going to start seeing federal governments taking advantage of that, like agencies like the ATF, DEA, um, immigration, for example, and all these new immigrant populations, all these new uh, you know, lifestyle choices, etc., and radicalizing the shit out of these people, giving them guns, giving them training, giving them weapons, and then using them for false flag operations, uh, mass shootings, acts of terror, etc. But you're going to see in like five to ten years the shit that's going on in the Middle East happening in the USA because they got their experience in the Middle East over the last 20 to 30 years creating ISIS. This whole time. Yeah, creating Where, ISIS, like, creating... someone uh, that is, like, special needs, like... So, I live in the Portland metro area. I live in greater Portland, Oregon, right? I don't live inside of Portland. I moved about 45 minutes northwest of Portland to get out of the hellhole that is Portland, right? That So, I... But there was... When I first moved here, probably, like, 12, 13 years ago... Um, the year that I moved here, they have this big Christmas tree lighting celebration, right? And there was this kid who the feds said, like, hey, you're Muslim, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm Muslim. Well, you know what Allah wants you to do, right? Kill a bunch of people. Yep. So why don't we, uh, you know, and they did this whole thing, yep. this entrapment, where they took this poor special needs kid like, I'm pretty sure he didn't have, like, you know, he was, wasn't, like, full retarded, but you know what I mean? Like, he... Oh, yeah, they do that all the time. Second card, right? Yeah. He was, like, a young, dumb, probably, like, 
Oh, absolutely. No, I totally get it. I totally get it. And, like, they did the same thing in Dallas. They got a guy who was literally a loser, loner, didn't have a friend in the world. His parents even described him as someone who just didn't, like, he wasn't, like, intelligent. And, like, his parents knew it. And he was radicalized online by the FBI. They gave him a truck with a bomb in it and then told him to sit in it and then just arrested him. That's how, like, he didn't have any step uh, hand in this. He didn't make a bomb. They didn't teach him how to, like, drive the truck. He just sat in the truck they, they parked, and they were like, go sit in that truck. And he did it because he was just, he thought these people were on his side. And, no, absolutely they do that shit. Uh, they started, they did try to make a... Um, to me, the most tragic thing is this society makes you feel like a fucking loner, like you're a yep. fucking loser. The whole idea, too, is like the whole schooling makes you feel like you're fucking stupid because you don't want to sit in a desk for fucking eight hours. You don't want to sit here and listen to this fat pig with, like, purple hair tell you that you're a faggot and a loser. Yeah. <laughs> no, I totally agree. I totally agree. Like, and, oh, you don't want to hear that? Oh, there's something wrong with you. Uh, you need a pill. That, that's a, a good point. To be able to sit down and listen to me speak to you for eight hours and tell you you're the problem for all of society's ills. Well, that's a good point. I think you're a monster. And so like, and so like society makes these people feel like they're social outcasts, like there's something different, like there's something wrong with them. And then, and then at the same time, like, so like human beings, we feel like we, we need camaraderie, we need brotherhood, we need fellowship. We need like like we need camaraderie, right? We need mm-hmm. like someone to, to make us feel like we're at home. And so then they'll build these psyops where they'll take this young or like Muslim kid and be like, "Hey, brother, you want to feel like you like we'll embrace you. You you're part of us. You're part of a family. Hey, we love you. You're special. We'll listen to you. You want to talk for a while? Oh, hey, you know who's the worst?" America. Well, you Let's know, kill them. Yeah, like, the, the, hey, you want to be part of our brotherhood? You want us to love you? Want us? You want to still be part of? Like, all you got to do is sit in this van, sit in this van with this made-up bomb that's not real. And you know what I mean? Like, and so they show this like poor social outcast that is like that has filled like neglected his whole life because our society is like yeah. fucked up to begin and, with. And what they're doing now? Because like in a healthy society. Where we love one another, where we treat each yeah. other like brothers. There, there's not a young person that's going to be like, okay, I'll sit in a van and blow people up. They're not going to do that. No, and what they're doing is in they're moving society, on. Dude, because you know what? Somebody, we had uh, the great Ryan Dawson on not that long ago. I don't know if you're familiar with him. I love Ryan Dawson. He's a great, fantastic researcher. But he's he lives in South Korea. And he's talking about how America is going down the fucking tubes. Yep. And he's talking about how, like, the fentanyl crisis that, like, yes, all the fentanyl is coming from China. And it is kind of like this sort of kind of warfare. But he goes, like, what's the real cause? It's because Americans, it's that thirst for drugs. And why is there this thirst for drugs? Because we're so fucked up. Because I live in South Korea. He goes, I live in South Korea right now. Because we are literally touching China. There's not a huge thirst for fentanyl. There's not this huge overdose crisis. He goes, why? Because we're a tight-knit society that love each other, that like support one another, that have 
roles in society. We have male and female. We have right and wrong. We have a tight-knit, like, you know what, I, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, they have a fucking actual society that, like, people feel like they can become involved in. And in America, like, way the fuck, way on the other side of the world from China is, like, pumping up tons of fucking drugs killing themselves with fentanyl. Why is that? It's because we feel empty, because we feel alone, because we feel ugly, because we feel hated, because we feel misunderstood, because we fucking, because we're searching for this empty hole that we have, this gaping wound. Yeah. And we're filling it with everything. And so there's like these young, stupid, poor fucks that are willing to be like, okay, I'm feeling love for the very first time because of the psychological operation of these fucking government agents that are going to trick me into sitting in a van with a fake fucking bomb that's not even real to blow up people yeah. that I don't care about because they make me feel unloved. Well, there's two Jesus things I want to say about that. Fucked up. Yeah, there's two <laughs> things I want to say about that. One, um, they're moving on from the individual, the targeted individual, uh, to a targeted group of individuals. So they're going to start making like Antifa, BLM, etc. These are the that's the wave of the future. It's no longer these solitary lone wolf type mass shooters that they well, radicalize. Yeah, it's going to be group, Well, see the thing is like with trans people. Understood. And so they're going to fucking yeah. join up with other people like Black Lives Matter. You're one of us, brother. But you got to commit this terrorist attack or you got to go do this thing. Yes. And and like the the trans community yes. is one of those things that ultimate evil over yeah. here that they've yeah. made the trans community medically made them they've made this this is tens of thousands nearing a hundred thousand people i know it's 300 million americans remember there's 300 million americans this is like a 0.01 percent of all the population right like 0.1 percent of the population but they've made them so alienated and they've made them insane this is where the next terrorism is going to come from. The rainbow Nazis is what um, I'm already calling them. And the people think Mad Max or the, the revolution is this, this idea of like savages. and like. But the idea of savagery comes from hatred of, like you said, spiritually thinking, psychologically, hatred of yourself. Hatred and a nihilism that you don't have a future. You don't have a chance at children. You don't have a family that loves you. Exactly. You scared, sad, extremist, self-mutilating people with weapons that the federal government's going to give. They're going to be the ones who are actually going into the U.S. Army. Because the second thing I wanted to say is the PSYOP that they knew to radicalize people for crime is what they're relying on now to radicalize people to join the U.S. Army because no one wants to join and support a, a foreign, uh, in, like, totally undemocratic, unrepublican, un, uh, that's not representative of the constituents of America. It has nothing to do with any relevant uh, good versus bad system. There's no reason to join the military unless you're a, into, like, the mercenary idea of it. Like, you want power and, like, you're a complete sociopath. and like, But there are other ways to do it. You can become a corporate or a mercenary. So no one's even joining in that realm anymore. Who's joining, overwhelmingly? Perverts and extremely lonely, alienated individuals, like autistic people and stuff like that, who do still think it makes them tough or socially accepted. Like, they get friends for being in the U.S. military. And that's the kind of... And it's not fighters. A sense of purpose... 
a sense of being. Yeah, if a you... A sense of, like, dude, there's so many empty, sad fucks that are just looking for something. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I'm going to join something greater than myself. Myself. I'm going to join the proud, the, the few, yeah. the Marines. And so... You know what I mean? That whole fucking idea. Like, you're talking about autistic people, too. Like, I... I have fucking family that are autistic. Yep. I'm on the spectrum. My wife's on the spectrum. I'm pretty sure my kid's on the spectrum. Like, we're all, you know what I mean? Like, with this whole idea of just, like, this, and man, it's, it's fucking tragic, dude. Well, it's really like, and and it's people that, like, they're trying so hard to be what they think society once needs them, yeah, because the feds are telling them, hey, do this thing. Hey, if you join the U.S. Army, you get a college education. You get to go to stuff. You get to travel the world. You get success. We'll train you how to do a job. We'll take care of And it's a complete lie. get to put you through more years of indoctrination. Oh, yeah. It's so goddamn tragic. And the whole thing is, like, the whole thing is, like, this is only permissible... Because you're not thinking about what you're actually supporting. And yes, you may not be the one actually going, but the idea that there's two aircraft carriers right now supporting Israel who is bombing Gaza. And these people are like, yeah, I like being in the Navy because I get to be... a just an extension of America. Yeah. Because... A BIPOC... But like you, you talk to your average military member, and they're like, "Oh, I love being a BIPOC tranny loving brony, rainbow flag waving," you know. And you're like, "What? What values are these? What? Like, we're not sending like you can say like we're not sending our best and brightest because yeah, they were a bunch of dumb idiots, but they still had like standard values of right and wrong. Yeah, like during the Cold War, the whole idea of like a country." Whether, whether right or wrong, the whole idea of a country that actually believes in nationalism is a healthy country that believes in their own uh, that believes in their own lies. Like because every country is built off of um, stories. Like even Rome was built of yeah. Romulus and Remus, right? That whole idea you have to you have to embrace the idea of Rome. And when Rome fell, it's because they lost the idea of Rome. Because what was more powerful than even uh, a Hannibal was Rome was an idea. You couldn't just yeah. conquer it. It wasn't just a place. You could like Rome was in the people's minds. But once you've infected the mind, the mind virus, once that is taken over, then we might as well just be LGBTQRSABTV fucking HIV fucking you know like yeah America the whole thing done because. The, the mythos, the idea the, uh, of what America was is done. It's dead. The American empire is dead. Yeah, they started flying and, the rainbow flag on military bases. This is true. They started flying the rainbow flag on military bases in the Middle East, and that's what I knew. Flag. It's the yeah. trans pride flag. Yeah. It's the pride progress flag. It's, it's, it's so... It's We've gone so fucking far, and... And whether people like it or not, because, like, I'm coming from an anarchist perspective. I'm a recovering anarchist, Tex. <laughs> like that that no, it makes a lot of sense, yeah. And that's silly to say, but, like, I've been an anarchist for the last, like, eight years or something. And, and, and I have always looked at nationalism as the enemy. And I'm like, I don't know if nationalism – like, nationalism – 
can be weaponized. Nationalism can be ugly. Nationalism can be the enemy in a lot of ways. But sometimes, like people need a mythos uh, of like this idea of a people to believe in, to keep them homogenous, to keep them like together. They need something to tie them together, to, to like to build something strong that can fight against the invaders. Otherwise, if we don't have something, yep. whatever that is, we <coughs> are going to be destroyed from the inside out. Yeah, and and I, we are going to be taken over from these globalists because the same people that think that the idea of nationalism is the enemy are the same people that want to devour us. Yeah, and I would like to point out that, say, if we were going to have American Civil War again, uh, think about just how weird it would be because the Union the USA would have rainbow flag, um, you know, new world order, globalist type, uh, global homo type values. And if they won, hypothetically say history repeat itself and they won, history would be like, no, these were the good guys. The Confederates were the racist, like psychopaths. Less people than us. They have less money than us. But I think that maybe Russia is stronger than us because they have, a strong mythos. The, or the idea of a, of civilization, yes. Yeah, a civilization. What makes a America yeah, literally is chaos personified now. Democrat and Republican. What tied uh, left, right, center, yeah. whatever the fuck was the American mythos. Yeah. And I really feel like the American mythos of the American dream of that what like maybe we disagree but hey we fight for each other's right to believe in whatever we want to believe to me that inversion has already been taken over that subversion has already taken its place and dude i honestly like is like russia is kind of like the fucking it's it's kind of like uh it's like a trucker stop of europe it's like this little spot where there's like you can you know, it's it's not a fucking strong country in a lot of ways, but their mythos is strong. The people are strong. The people believe in that shit. Well, I would also say they are a very strong country, and, and what they've proven is actually that the West is um, far, far weaker. Not than Russia, but far weaker than we like to pretend we are. Reality checked us hard when Why it came to the Ukraine. Is the West weaker? It's because the people yeah. don't believe in Yeah, we have no loyalties. We have no... Uh, intentionally, we've we already... undermine ourselves. Yeah, we worship money. The whole idea is that who... who like, uh, you could say Russia Russia worships Putin. Russia versus Russia. Russia versus uh, their own religion. Like, the, the idea of the Russian Orthodox Church. You know what the West worships? Money. You know what though? You know what money gets you? Nothing. It gets you a pocket full of money and a bullet in the face. Because yeah, the root of all evil. Yeah, it, it's like the idea of of, of being like, um, you know, you can you can have served with honor in the U.S. military and still have trouble paying your rent when you get out. And there is that's just people will walk all over you, and you become a lesser member of society because we don't honor any other commitment besides your wealth and that's why we don't care about what the the identity it's all it's all a sale it's all a con it's all to make money because it's all capitalism and so the idea of like what this thing even was that united people it's it it's it 
it ceased to officially exist when Rockefeller bought the United States in 1913 and, you know, the League of Nations. And so, like, the idea that that's a very old concept even in itself. And and even then, the idea of the Civil War, I, I always keep bringing in, Abraham Lincoln was like the Joe Biden of the 1860s. It's just that through the lens of perspective, we're like, yeah, the USA, the yeah. Union won, beat well, those slavers. Slavery's bad. How are they going to see Joe Biden? If a Civil War broke out right now, and say by by just the example of the U.S. Army being the U.S. Army and having like trillions of dollars worth of budget and it crushes these rebel states, whoever they are, who just want to educate their kids. Maybe George Washington was a giant fucking fat yeah. loser piece. Of, we don't know anything about him. Well, even we only know that he was a Freemason because of the paintings hmm? involved. We only know what we are told about him. I know nothing, dude. Fuck their history, fuck their history books, fuck what they want to say. You talk All about I these. Know is what I can see in my own hands, and then even then. Yeah. You have to question what you fucking see with your own eyes. You talk about these pervert societies and when did they get in power. So you know Benjamin Franklin, one of the first founding fathers, was in the Hellfire Club in England during the time uh, leading up to the revolution. And then when he got too hot because he was you know, American and they were British, he went to France and was a member of their Illuminati. And basically yeah. the idea of... the Exactly, the idea that America has ever been separated from European... Illuminatists and like this cult, whatever it is, our fucking country was founded, founded by on that shit. Exactly, and that so were mystics that were yeah. I mean, these were all fucking Rosicrucian. They were all fucking Illuminati, Freemasonic, yeah. uh, occultists. Exactly, and that's literally what our fucking country was founded on, founded by, and that's the p- same people that were in charge that are in charge. Yeah, I would say that it's like it's one of those things that people like to love to talk about this this holiness of the USA of what it means to be American and what it means to be righteous. Like this idea that we need to just get back to what it was. We need to go back to the revolution. We need to go back to the idea of the union. Seventy uh, six. Yeah. So, but but I I think from the very beginning of it, it was uh, merely for money. It was merely uh, to get. The, the maximum amount of profits for a fewest amount of people possible, the elite landowning. I know that there is Jeffersonian versus Alexander Hamilton and the Federal Reserve, but after the Federal Reserve, like the idea of def- like what it, what it comes down to is like you said, eventually people there's going to be such a gap in what the history of America tells us we should be striving for, and what the new generations are brainwashed into believing is actually progress because the two cannot coexist. Like the idea of like conservative apple pie, Americana, uh, Christian values type thing versus this idea of super hedonism and absolute destruction of one's own culture and society, tearing down statues and shit. Like just realistically, those are the, those are the real dividing lines. And so like you say, you have a state like you live in Portland, Oregon, you said, uh, uh, Cascadia, Cascadia and the Pacific Northwest gets talked about a lot. A lot of militias, a lot of people who live in the forest who want a white ethno state homeschool their kids, uh, and, and checkpoints. And see, that's part of the psyop too, because like a lot they're of not always, white, yeah, they're not white supremacists. They have to be that. It's just a separation of these psychopaths. Psychopaths from my kids. Of. 
Yeah, like I say, I want to I want to be able to educate my kids in my own home, however I wish to be. And these guys are federal government goons who are literally rainbow flag waving trannies. They're knocking on my door saying, "We own your kids. You give them to us, or we'll call you crazy and take your guns and fuck your life up, ruin your credit score, social credit scores. We want all this like." And the federal government is going to play both sides, give them both weapons, and create the American Civil War. But once the Cascadians are defeated by the, you know, the, the military, the literal Pentagon, the red, white, and blue American patch-wearing fucking Nazis, the police who are made up of these LGBTQ wingbats and all that, these fucking nutjobs, history is going to say that the Cascadians were the, were the racist, xenophobic, evil ones... The, the, the one the Confederates like the ones that you know, they believe in these crazy things that are evil and wrong and that the 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 USA was ultimately the good guys but but we'll know in our hearts because we're living it and have to teach the future generations always have to teach the people that the freedom fighters are typically the ones who are sane in all of this typically are the ones in the right typically the ones who are ethically, uh, you know, fighting for their very survival. Only hear the only narrative you'll ever hear about the Confederates is that they just wanted to keep slaves. One hundred percent. That the negative whitewashing. Than that, there was actual like groups that didn't want that. And when you hear about the Emancipation Proclamation that only freed the slaves in the South, it didn't free the slaves that were actually in the North. Yeah. They don't fucking talk about. That the groups, they were fucking slaves in the northern fucking states, too. Dude, it's so much fucking deeper and more fucking corrupt than you want to know, that you want to think about. You just want to have a clear-cut good guy, bad guy. Abraham Lincoln was the good guy. The fucking Confederates were the bad guys. And I'm not saying that either one of them were good or either one of them was bad. I'm saying that everything is fucking nuanced. There is no black and white. Everything's yep. fucking gray. And you've been fed a fucking narrative and you just fucking believe that this is the good guy. This Abraham Lincoln is just guy. a good guy and when oh, he got shot, it was really bad for everybody. Just yeah. power and control mechanisms from psychopaths up top. The same people that are funding the fucking Confederates were in the European countries were the same people that are fucking that were funding it like actually the, the United States too because they... Those same psychopaths fund both sides of every yep. fucking war, of every fucking fight, because they benefit from the massacre, suffering, and killing of people. Because these people that are actually in charge of the fucking planet, that are trying to fucking consolidate power, that are trying to really just crack down at this moment, they don't care about your country. They don't care about who you are. They don't care about you as an individual. They want power, control, domination, and you are fucking cattle. So shut the fuck up. We're going to brand you, piece of shit. That's what they're fucking saying. And I'm saying fuck you because there's only a few of you and there's many of us. And if we ever recognize that we have more in common with each other than any of these motherfucking psychopaths, we would rise up, break our chains, and break the necks of the people that put yokes on us. Yep, absolutely, 100%. Could not agree more, 100% with what you just said. Fun fact, though, about the Civil War, I just want to bring this up before we go, and I know we're already at the three-hour limit and everything, but we have to do part two soon. Uh, Definitely, I want to do it again, but fun fact about the Civil War. 
Jewish slave ships brought the majority of slaves into the South to sell them in the first place. Jews owned most of the slave plantations in the Caribbean and in Latin America. Uh, slavery was made illegal in the, by the Catholic Church specifically because it was the Jewish trade uh, in, in the Mediterranean, North Africa. And uh, Jews, Jews owned uh, half of the slaves that were owned in America were from Jewish households in the South. Uh, say, for example, say, I think it was, what was it? Uh, only only uh, 5% of all the Confederates had slaves, right? Like only 5% of the elite upper class. And there were only about 1%, 2% of the Confederates that were Jewish. But of that 5% of the Confederate class, over 50% were Jewish. And so just like today, how many, how many Jews live in America? Almost none. It's like 2 million tops out of 300 million people. How many billionaires are Jewish? Third, one third of all billionaires in America are Jewish. And you're like, where does the power lie? And these super elite uh, members of society, because society, America always worships money. So it's where, follow the money. Follow the money, and you'll always find out who the bad guy truly is. Because, let me guess, just by odds, you don't got that money. And if you don't got it, someone else has taken it from you, and it's probably your money to begin with. That's why you get into the taxation idea, what America truly represents and stuff. And I know it doesn't mean taxes. I know we fought a revolution to fight against people taxing without representation. And now I know Americans are paying 40% taxes. I also know, like in the Old Testament, the Pharaoh would force the Hebrews in Goshen to pay 20% flat tax on everything, one-fifth of all their goods, and Americans pay 20% sales tax. Fucking okay, brother. All right, man. We are way over. My wife is going to kill me. No problem. But, man, it's always a fun time talking to you, Tex. Thank like you very said, much. We're yeah. going to have to do this again. I don't even think we even started talking about what we were actually planning on talking about. We, we did. We started brushing up on it. We started, like, just kind of getting there. Yeah. So we're going to have to do it again. Uh, brother, tell my audience exactly What's the best place to find you? What's the best place they can support your work, find your work, all that fun stuff? Um, because I'm so shadow banned, this is obviously, if you're listening to this in the future and everything, you may not be able to find me where I'm saying I am. But uh, currently, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, X, formerly Twitter, X, that's my social flagship, uh, social media flagship. You can find me on Instagram on a backup account, but if you want to find all the links, linktree slash beyond top secret Texan. Twitter X is at Top Secret Texan, just to tell you that. And uh, you can find my podcast on all the major podcast sites, Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, you know, Apple iTunes, all that good stuff. It's on everywhere. Uh, I have a website, podpage.com slash beyond Top Secret Texan to find the episodes there if you don't want to do the app thing or anything, if you want to find it on a web browser. All the episodes are free. Basically, all the new ones of the last like two years are free. Um, over four hundred episodes, and uh, I, I had over six hundred videos on YouTube. I always had the instinct to pitch that, but you can find those videos on Odyssey right now. That's an archive. But check out the podcast. Currently, that's all I'm doing right now is creating the podcast, creating episodes uh, every two days. Um, you know, as a schedule. And you can check out the Halloween season right now if you're listening to this live. October is our busy season. We produced over 20 episodes so far. It's one episode per day. 
Uh, all these are full-length episodes, all of them covering really thematic, really seasonal um, you know, subjects. But I also cover politics extensively, Texas politics specifically, conspiracies of all kinds, military matters, international, uh, espionage, all that good shit. And I approach it from an uncensored, completely experienced way, of, you know, from an expert's eye. I, you know, will let you guys decide on which, which you, you know, prefer, but all of it's there for you. It's full spectrum, everything from UFOs to the occult to the, uh, you know, um, hidden history of the world to uh, the future and my predictions for it and everything like that. So definitely check it out. All, like I said, 400 plus episodes. Most of them are free, all on spot, uh, podcast format. Check it out. Beyond Top Secret Texan. That's the best way to search it up. Beyond Top Secret Texan, it pulls everything up. Hell yeah, dude. I will include your link tree in the show notes for this, and I appreciate you, brother. No problem, man. As a pleasure being on. Thank you for having me on. I love talking. Um, yeah, whatever you want to rock and roll again, just invite me on, and we'll do a part two. Sounds good, brother. No All problem. Right. Cheers, man. All right, peace.